communicate. I can't be constantly checking for a yes or no or a handshake for art. You're supposed to cut me off there, Brendan. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're climbing the rungs of cinematic connections. Each week, we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks, and for the 192nd time, I'm joined by... Yes, Chef. I'm Brendan Fitzpatrick. We, Chef. Uh, we, Chef. We, we, little Chef. Little, and little Chef. Yeah, little we were chef. joined by we were joined by a little Chef. He's not sitting on top of my hat, he, or in my hat, but he is sitting across the screen from me. And we're doing an animated movie, so we had to invite him back. Shut up, Tim. Hey, uh, I'm not under your toque or toque or whatever they say, but uh, um, I don't mean to be rude, but I am French. So uh, <laughs> are you back, Tim? Just, just no, don't steal not... my food, all right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no uh, guarantees, and I plan on sitting on Zach's head at some point. So. No, I'm not actually French. Sorry, I'm uh, more more German and Austrian and okay. English and Italian. There you go. So the, maybe uh, maybe for uh, Luca that makes more sense. I, I, uh, I could have started with Je m'appelle Brendan. Yeah. Which is my name is Brendan in French. That's true. Yeah. I, did I did take French take... in high school. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, I thought about starting with the whole drunken rant about the name Ratatouille and how it mm. sounds like rat and patootie put together, mm. rat patootie. Rat patootie. But I, yeah, yeah, figured out I would communicating. I, I'm glad you didn't pick that one because I would argue that might be the only bad scene in the entire movie. Like I, <laughs> I'm really high on this movie, and I, I know like in the economy of like the storytelling, mm-hmm. they. They put it in to explain what Ratatouille is to the audience, mm-hmm. but that scene goes on it's, far too long. Yeah, it, just saying like, "Oh, it's rat and patootie," and then it ends up being the dish that like Remy ends up making. Just yeah. a little too cute. A um, too cute for half. Yeah. But it's a to me, this is a perfect movie. It so. does have a great payoff though, and we'll we'll talk about it when we get there. I do I do mm. really enjoy the payoff of this movie with the dish that he makes for ego but we'll we'll get there but uh yeah i i like this movie nice uh well last week we talked about big night a movie tim has not yet seen he needs to put it on mm-hmm. his watch list so i've seen big and i've seen night of the living zombies first night oh yeah. i haven't seen first night actually um but tim has seen a, a parody of big night on uh, billions, he told us. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Uh, ep- well, to be honest, not a very good episode. But in Billions, Paul Giamatti, his, his character's name is Chuck, um, makes some uh, makes some uh, eggs with um, Modoc from Marvel. Uh, the, the oh, Corsello. Corsello. Yeah, Corsello. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he they they and I, I'm sitting there watching this two minute scene of him just making eggs and I'm like I, I watch it, I'm like, why did they do this? Like I don't understand. Like the show's usually quick paced and full of like crazy insane references and then I had to Google it. It's like, oh, it's a big night reference. Oh, okay, I didn't know, didn't know. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's sort of like when I watched that episode of Community where they did my dinner with Abed and I was like, I don't get this episode and then I mm. learned about my dinner with Andre. And sure. Like, oh, yeah, they actually they nailed it. So now I get it. Yep. <laughs> uh yes. Last week we talked about Big Night, and this week due to a kitchen connection, we will be discussing Ratatouille, the aforementioned Ratatouille by Brad Bird, uh Pixar movie from two thousand and seven. And uh then at the end of the episode we'll decide on our next movie based on suggestions sent in by the listeners and ones that we brought as your hosts. So we will be spoiling Ratatouille. We already kind of started to. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't seen it, it's on Disney Plus. You can watch it yep. there. 
Uh, or if you just want to skip ahead, here we're going to be watching next week. You can find the timestamp in the description of this podcast. But, of course, you should pause the podcast, go watch the movie, come back and listen to our discussion, as always. And you can submit your feedback to us, ratings, questions, comments, at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram, themovieladder at gmail.com, and the Movie Ladder on Letterboxd is the way to get in touch with us and send us all of your fun feedback, suggested movies, all that stuff. All right. Well, welcome back, Tim. How have you been doing? I'm I'm glad to be back. Thank you so much. I hope this becomes a thing where I'm the animated guy, or yeah. or at least uh, <laughs> this computer animated guy. Um, I, I have to say, of course, uh, Shrekspert here. Of course, uh, I was here <laughs> yes. on the last Shrek episode. I, I love all animation. I teach I, I teach at a, a junior college. I teach film appreciation. One of my big lessons I teach is animation and going through. One of my favorite genres and art forms and uh, and Pixar, we are you picked one of the best. I have um, I have my full Pixar ranking. I don't know if we want to yeah, save that for later. But for later. yeah, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll maybe start. We'll get with, into uh, the movie. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll get into that. Okay. I will say not to get into attitude too much, but this is a movie I saw when it first came out, and I remember thinking like, yeah, it's fine. It's like a very solid movie. And so I've had it on my rewatch list just because I hear people talk so much about how, like, this is secretly the best Pixar movie. This is a fantastic movie. People love this. And we'll see how I feel about it. But that was why I've had it on my – that's why I've had it on my watch list. It was one of the oldest movies on my Letterbox watch list. It was all the way on the last page. Wow. Um, just a couple rows at the bottom. So, so I was glad to knock this off. Yeah. I mean, this was a big Pixar blind spot for me up until a couple of years ago when I saw it for the first time, finally. And I, you know, we'll talk about where it landed after my first watch uh, when we talk about the movie and whether or not it moved uh, up and down on those rankings uh, mm-hmm. on this watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do think it's a very good connection off of Big Night. I'm Absolutely, yep. Yeah. Um, so I'll take your word from it. All I know is Chuck uh, making eggs. So and they make eggs in this movie, right? Remy makes yes, an omelet. Yeah, yeah, he makes him mm-hmm. makes him a little omelet exactly. I have that written down to connect exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, stepping yeah. all over the later parts of the podcast. That's, yeah, we're going all out of order, but that's all right. It's like we're telling. <laughs> it's like we're, we're rats telling the story of yeah. the story of, yep. of Ratatouille. Uh, this was my suggestion also. So as I say, this mm-hmm. was a great suggestion off of Big Night. I'm glad to pat myself on the back as the one who suggested this. Yeah, points for zach yeah uh all right great well tim as we like to do and uh you just have to think back just back to march when you were back on the podcast but sure uh what is the best thing that you've watched since you were on the podcast oh since march oh yeah. my gosh that's uh, what you get as a returning guest you don't have to do the week you get to do since the last time you were on the podcast. oh man i prepped the week uh <laughs> well, you can do that too. <laughs> um uh well i've watched i have been on a like mad journey to fill in blank spots and consume as many movies as possible this year, more so than an average year. So I'm at over 400 movies. I think I've watched this year. Nice. You're already over one per day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, consuming quickly. So, uh, uh, excited for that. Um, and since March, let's see, what have I liked the best? I think the best thing I've seen this year might be Barbie. Um, mm, man, uh, that was that. I really liked Barbie. I really liked, well, well something old. Um, I just, well, let me think about what I can recently think. Uh, I just checked out a uh, new movie, um, 
are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Mm-hmm. I have a, a 12 going on 13 year old daughter. So we're looking mm-hmm. at like coming of age stories that we can show her and um, that she would enjoy watching with us as well. And this was this is a, a classic. This is a really great movie. Um, never read the book. Um, but just absolute blast. Our whole family enjoyed uh, it. It's really touching. And uh, my mom enjoyed it as well and brought up discussion. So I, I recommend nice. uh, that one. Do you feel the desire to go back and read the book now? Uh, not really. <laughs> uh, I just don't have like time. Like my wife and daughter have said they will read the book now. But as go. far as like me picking up a Judy Bloom book, um, I no, I have a, a list of book. Uh, yeah, I'm in movie mode this year, so my book mm-hmm. reading is novels counts. Um, if they do, I've read some books, but uh, I've listened to audiobooks. That's that's where I'm saying I'm I'm trying to knock off a ton of my blind spots because I love movies. So nice. And are you're still doing the like you have the friends that send you three uh, movies and you have to pick one, kind of like uh, us. I actually bailed on all of them. I did oh, no. that. Wow. I did that for a while, and then it became too much homework. And mm. they kept giving me ones that weren't easily streamable. So oh, I was yeah. renting. I was renting a ton of movies uh, a week. Mm. Well, basically, it was like as soon as I finished it, they gave me new list. And so eventually, I just stopped so i apologize to my five friends they were giving me good recommendations and they did it for about four or five months and then i just had now i'm just kind of free flowing where i have my watch list and then i look what's streaming and i just knock just knock them off uh just saw they live for the first time this last week and loved it so stuff like that that's why i love having like my own personal movie ladder because it's like it it makes it a lot easier to narrow down what I'm going to watch next that I haven't seen. And I make sure everything on that list as I'm laddering between movies like that. It's something that I haven't seen before, you know, 99.9 percent of the time. So I'm up to over 100 movies on my personal movie ladder this year because of that. And so that's been like a really fruitful project this year. Then there are, of course are all the different, you know, movie challenges I do with like between the criterion that helps fill in a lot of new movies that I've never seen before and the library ladder challenge and stuff like that. And of course this podcast helps a lot with that too. So. Yep. Yep. We're big, we're big fans of challenges to figure out a way. Cause there's an infinite mm. ocean of movies that you can exactly. watch. So yeah, you need so, to figure out a oh. way somehow to, to narrow yeah. it down. It, and and like it's funny too because like as someone who teaches film, it's always like I'll be like, oh, I've never seen that, and then I always get like, oh, how could you not see that? And it's yeah. like, well, there's only finite time, and it mm-hmm. seems like infinite movies. And I do like rewatch a lot of the same movies over and over again because I have kids. So, mm-hmm. um, like even thinking about how many times I've seen Ratatouille, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm I'm probably double digit did this oh, wow. movie easily wow. so yeah yeah nice. nice all right all right uh brendan how about you yeah so it's been a really slow couple of weeks of movie watching for me i've actually only seen one other movie in the last week since we last recorded zach yeah, makes um, besides ratatouille yeah. so it does make it easy for me to pick and luckily it's actually a really good movie so it was crime week on the criteria challenge and so I watched the uh, 1959 
courtroom drama directed by Otto Preminger, starring James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, and George C. Scott, Anatomy of a Murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie was almost three hours long, and I did not feel the runtime, mm, like, nice. at all. This was a fantastic courtroom thriller about a murder case, and Jimmy Stewart is the defense attorney for the um, murder for the murder su- suspect, person on trial, whatever you call it, person on trial. The accused? The um, accused, or his, uh, yeah, his... Um, defendant. Defendant, yes. There, you there go. we go, we got there. There you go, there's the word I'm looking for. But uh, yeah, it's a really, really surprisingly funny movie. For, like, a serious courtroom drama, they actually, like, try to add a lot of humor to it because Jimmy Stewart is not likable, like, at all. And so they don't, like, play on his charm as an actor. Instead, they sort of play on the charm of everyone, like, the townsfolky people that he has to interact with and the courtroom atmosphere that gets kind of raucous at times, sort of like what happened in the courtroom scenes in um, Young Mr. Lincoln, which we watched um, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Zach, you'll remember, like, there were some attempts at humor in those uh, in those courtroom scenes. That happened, like, to a bigger degree here. Um, there was a lot of ridiculous happening, happening in this courtroom. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I ended up giving it a four and a half on Letterboxd. Nice. It was a big blind spot for me. Like, it's one of those ones that I've heard about for years and years. It's a really great movie. And, yeah, I highly recommend, if you haven't seen it, people check it out. Um, it's actually funny, Zach. They uh, the, the film takes place in a uh, small town in the upper part of the Mitten. So, uh, like, way up here. Oh, and they talk about one, yeah. they talk about how George C. Scott's character was sent from the big city office in Lansing. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, it was very Came funny. From the capital. Yeah, the big capital city of Lansing. So, hey, there you, you go. Pointing um, at so the screen when they mentioned it. Yeah, sure. so that's another reason for you to check it out, is you'll be like, <laughs> you'll be like, where is this in Michigan? I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Tim, is that, a, is that a blind spot for you, or have you seen it? It's on my watch list. It is awesome. a blind spot, unfortunately. <laughs> Hitting all my blind spots. Yeah. How, uh, how, how big is your watch list, Tim? Do you know? Uh, yeah, I'm at only about a hundred right now yeah, because I, 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 you know, I just forget to add stuff. So right. that's that's the biggest problem. So I'm a serial adder to mine. I'm yeah. at 4.91. I was down to 4.80 something, and then I added a bunch of fall movies coming out, and so mm-hmm. I went back up to 4.91. Yeah, I never add new stuff. I only add old stuff that I've wanted yeah, to sure. watch or haven't. So, mm-hmm. I, like, I'll see anything. Like, I tend to watch way more new. At least last year, I watched way more new movies than anything. Um, and well, with the strike happening too, like, I doubt. There's going to be more that I want to see. Uh, mm. I mean, there's going to be less uh, new stuff. So hopefully knock out some of these old ones. Um, and that one for sure is on my list. And I just listened uh, to someone talk about it. So I. I uh, um, yeah, you did. I did, too. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> someone else in addition to <laughs> Brendan. So um, I'm excited to watch that one. Yeah, Maybe bump it up. Nice. Up. Um, cool. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I also didn't watch very many movies, but mine is more because it's college football season or NFL season, so I watch a lot more sports than movies these days. Um, and uh, But I did watch for the Library Ladder Challenge. We had to watch a disaster movie. And mm. uh, so I watched Melancholia, 
which is a Lars von Trier movie about like an impending disaster, but it's it's much more about like everything. Like it's it's more psychological and about like dealing with the coming doom versus like it's not you know buildings blowing up and stuff like that throughout the movie. Hmm. Um, Lars von Trier movies are just weird for me because they're always super impactful. I look back very highly on them and I never each time like I've watched this, I watched Antichrist and maybe one other one. And I just never none of them I ever want to watch again. But they are mm. very like they're that kind of movie where it's like it's very impactful, it's very good as it's going. Um this one I would watch I would rewatch this before I'd rewatch Antichrist because this wasn't as graphic as Anti mm. Antichrist has some mm. scenes that still haunt me. Like whenever like just right. saying it, I'm thinking about a couple of scenes from that movie that I'm like gives the like Fox. shudders. Yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the what, Tim? The fox, right? That's yeah, the scene yeah. More like uh, physical <laughs> things that happen. No, and, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Chaos yeah. reigns. Nope, um, haven't seen it. Not gonna see it. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very. Yeah. I mean, he makes super impactful movies. He's a messed up guy. Um, yeah. and this yeah. was part of the. It's called the Depression trilogy that he created mm. when he had been in a like a years long, I think, depression episode. Um, and came out and made Antichrist, made Melancholy, and then made one other movie that I am uh, blanking on the name. Of. Was it Nymphomaniac? Was it? Yes, it was. Nymph which is two, there's two Nymphomaniacs. Two parts. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so yes, it's it. This movie's kind of like two halves, um, but it takes place around a, a character's wedding, and I mm. don't. I'm blanking on her name in the movie, but um, and there is a planet that is potentially going to collide with the with Earth. And uh, blow up Earth. So it's like this. There's like the backdrop of the wedding, the backdrop of the coming apocalypse, um, and it deals a lot with depression and anxiety. Um, very like slow moving and methodical, but um, pretty captivating. And especially, I like I like the second half a lot more than the first half. Um, the first was a little bit more like kind of surreal. Um, and the end shot in the end, like kind of that last minute of the movie, is just like really really is a good payoff for um the whole movie that you're watching nice. so you, you saw this one too tim or did you just see antichrist uh just antichrist okay. haven't seen uh haven't yeah. seen uh melancholia yet yeah uh, I, I i agree with your take on lars von trier it's yeah. it's it's a lot it it takes mm -hmm. a lot and you have to be brave to watch these movies i think so that's a, yeah that's it, a, i'm feeling brave. or in, Thank you. or invested yes mm -hmm. um well, if you do want to watch Melancholy, it's streaming like just about everywhere. It's on Prime. It's on Hulu. It's on Canopy. Nice. Um, it is on Movie. It's on Peacock. It's on all the ads supported too. So it's everywhere. There you go. Um, very easy to find. It does. I did really like that. It's got Alexander Skarsgård in it and Stellan Skarsgård in it. Oh man, two um, Skarsgårds for the yeah, first one. I, I was hoping that he was gonna. They were gonna play father and son, but they did not. Mm -hmm. um, if only Bill Skarsgård had actually shown up. All yeah, exactly. And it would have been a whole thing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Melancholia, very different than Ratatouille, although I guess it's uh, the only I, I mean, I guess there's like some there's probably some food that is served at the wedding. Um, so that can be kind the of only thing that's going to survive the apocalypse is rats, right? Is the right, rats. Let's, yeah, um, let's transition to uh, Ratatouille. Yes. Uh, so it's a rewatch for all three of us. Uh, mm -hmm. A multi multi time rewatch for Tim. Just <laughs> yeah. two times for me. I don't remember when I first saw this, but I think it was close to when it came out. Um, and I know, Brennan, you said you you saw it. Just kind of recently, right? And yeah, then, a couple of years ago. I don't remember if it was specifically for a personal movie ladder, or I was just like real, like going. I think it might have been around the same time that Luca came out, because mm. I was going through and putting Luca in my rankings, and was like, Ratatouille is still like a huge blind spot. Why have I not watched that yet? 
mm-hmm. okay, I should watch Ratatouille. And so I watched Ratatouille. And uh, yeah, I wound up uh, really high in my Pixar rankings as opposed to Luca, which landed somewhere in the middle because it was a very middle-of-the-road Pixar movie. Um, mm-hmm. Ratatouille, I, like Luca. I, was, I was really, really impressed by uh, Ratatouille. Um, I think that this is like a really fun movie. The, the biggest hurdle to get past is if you're a cooking show guy like I am, the idea of hundreds of rats in the kitchen at any time is like mortifying. And that's like a leap that you kind of have to like a suspension of disbelief that you sort of have to get over in this film. Although I do like the fact <laughs> that there is a subplot with like a health inspector and stuff like that. I think that's all actually I, played very funnily. So, mm-hmm. but if you can get past that, like I did, I think this is a really enjoyable and, and heartwarming movie. Yeah. yeah I will say I, I, before we go to Tim real quick, I I don't think you have to be a cooking show person to have an issue with rats in the kitchen. I think fair. you just could be like a human. Like, yeah, um, I know, but I mean, it's like, it's more impactful. Like if you've watched a bunch of like, like, Things that constantly take place in the kitchen, and they're like, like lots of Gordon Ramsay stuff, like, sure. mm-hmm. you know, kitchen nightmare stuff, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, kitchen, uh, yeah, and of course, uh, Chef Ramsay is a big fan of Shrek because he's always mm-hmm. saying donkey, right? <laughs> um, uh, I I have to say that the the Ratsby cooking and being in the kitchen and it being disgusting isn't even like the biggest le- suspension of disbelief mm. moment in the movie. I think the puppetry element where then oh, they introduce sure. like, oh, by the way, rats can control you if they sit on your head and pull your hair. Pull your hair, um, yeah. Like, that's how your nerves work. Is your, but, your... <laughs> yeah. What's amazing, uh, and I've always wondered, because it's not established anywhere else in the movie, is this a Linguini-only attribute? Like, is he the only human? Did we just... Like, we never see Remy on anyone else's head. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because Linguini's a weird guy and he's got the super curly hair that he's controllable by a rat. Yeah, or, I, I also, I was actually thinking about that as you were talking about it, that it would have been, it would have been, I mean, I, I guess that's just, there was a choice not to show um, either like a different rat having this power and a different person having this being powered by this, being controlled mm-hmm. by this. And so maybe it's like, if we want to connect to uh, Return of the Jedi, it's like our master and apprentice type there, thing. There is a force ghost in this movie. Oh, true, and a force ghost. <laughs> I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I like thinking of this as like, just a Remy and Linguini. Mm, this same. is just like, they are the Shrek and Donkey. Like they're the partnership, yeah. <laughs> right? They, no, nobody else has this, has this partnership and has this power. Yeah. I like, uh, I like to hope so because make a horror film of this where the yeah. rats like drop on your head. I mean, I know uh, Oscar winner, everything everywhere all at once kind of plays mm. with this idea, right? With mm-hmm. rac- sure. Rakatuni yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so uh, it's fun. I, I like um, I, I like this story a lot. I, um, I, I also think that like 
the Pixar guys are big foodies as well, at mm-hmm. least who was writing this one, because they do go out of their way to show when when Remy first gets into the kitchen right before he makes the soup, he falls into the the dishwater. So he's mm-hmm. clean. Right. Like. Yeah. And then when they bring all the rats to help cook in the kitchen, they're all going through the dishwasher, cleaning mm-hmm. themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And he, then he's yeah. and that's why he walks on the two feet is he's keeping yes. his hands clean. Um or claws or paws or whatever yeah, you want to call it. Yeah, and he mentions yeah, he mentions that early in the movie too, that he he walks on the two on two feet because mm. he is gonna be cooking with his hands. Like I I, I the, the suspension of disbelief stuff, I mean, yeah, you're watching a Pixar movie. Like that stuff is all right. yeah, I don't know, I don't have a problem with that. But it is I do think there's like a almost a grotesque thing for me where I'm like that especially when there's all of the rats in yeah. the kitchen, we are just kinda like, mm-hmm. oh, there's like yes, they're clean, but there are there are like uh, implications here potentially mm-hmm. rats in the kitchen but you know it's Pixar movie. I mean it, it does get shut down at the end you know spoiler alert yeah. even though we've now started I mean mm-hmm. I mean Gusto's does get shut down at the end because of all the rats so yeah you know which I did not remember that happening yeah. and I actually really like that aspect yeah. of it that they like that does make the movie feel a little bit more realistic that they're like okay great like it all, it's all great everything you know they got the good review they succeeded but oh no the restaurant actually got yeah, shut congratulations down. but you're closed <laughs> yeah and the guy get, and the guy loses his job as a critic because yep. no one can take him seriously because he's <laughs> yeah. like yo this yep. rat is a good cook yeah it's um, true <laughs> Um, so, well, it's yeah. Peter O'Toole, and he doesn't care. So. He, he does. He does seem pretty happy at the end because he can yeah. just keep eating this ratatouille. Yeah. Um, so, have you guys eat, have you guys eaten ratatouille before? I've never had a ratatouille. No. No. No, I haven't either. Yeah. Um, I've had it. Um, it's actually, you know, like it's a very like hearty. It's a good. This is a good time of year to eat it because it's mm-hmm. warm. Um, the one I make though is much more rustic than this. Like it's not not using a mandolin to slice it really thin, it's but it's just kind of a peasants. stew. Yeah, it's yeah. just kind of a big stew with mm-hmm. like chunks of um, it, eggplant and zucchini and peppers and tomatoes and comes out look, really good. Looks more like Ego's mom's uh, version, right? Yeah, right, exactly. exactly. Yep. When they show, and, and I like that aspect. I like that he's too, being, yeah. like the fancy version, and it takes him back to his mom's cooking. Yep. But his mom's version is is not this fancy. It's that kind of goes to that anybody can cook, anybody can create. Yeah. Um, Are, and it doesn't matter necessarily how it looks. Are you guys familiar with the fan theory behind Ratatouille about Ego's mom? No, please. No. Okay, so uh, they deny this, but uh, mm. the internet fan theory is when we see the flashback back to Ego's Ego's childhood, he takes mm. the bite of the Ratatouille and it gives him that sense memory of going back to his childhood, skin knee, his mom taking care of him, mm. giving him Ratatouille. The cottage, the French cottage, looks very similar to the same cottage that that uh, Remy lives in at the beginning of the movie. And the theory is the reason Remy knows to choose Ratatouille uh, is from watching the old woman make Ratatouille. um, And that's Ego's mom's house, uh, the woman with the shotgun who's like trying to kill them earlier on that would mean remy is like 60 a 60 year old rat well not not necessarily that he wasn't there for he's not there for uh, ego's childhood but he lived in the house and just absorbed the Mm, uh the information because it's the other big leap in the movie is like why did Remy pick rat, Ratatouille. Yeah, why did he pick Ratatouille? Yeah. yeah, and he just got lucky by making mm. a dish that hits Ego right in the right spot, right? Um, 
but you also have to think that the the other excuse is just he would have made any dish that was good enough that would have given ego a sense memory and hopefully a good one right mm-hmm. so yeah. um not a l- huge logic leap i i, I don't really honestly mm-hmm. I, I think this movie's perfect these are just picking nits at this point on this mm-hmm. one for me yeah. so yeah well and so, i actually like it better if it's not if there's no, mm-hmm. you know, he just gets lucky, right? That this one brings back this memory, but that if they would have served spaghetti bo- or lasagna bolognese, like we had, I guess it would be an Italian yeah. dish, but like that we had talked about in Big Night, for example, that it would bring back the same sense of memory or the omelet that's made in this right. could bring back some memory of, of having an omelet. So I, I like what this movie says about kind of creativity and cooking exactly. and create. I mean, if you look at, just like we did with Big Night, if it's not necessarily about cooking, but it's about a performance and maybe a movie or a song brings back a memory that makes you exactly. have this feeling and puts you in this place in time. Yeah, yeah and that's, it, that's one of the things I really love, too, is that, like, it's it's a love letter to food and what food, what good food does when you're enjoying a meal. Like, the when you can connect a meal to a sense memory, when you even think about it, not just eat it is like is such a powerful thing like i've had meals where like i remember the specific meal that from from childhood that makes me think of that moment every time i have it as an adult like i mean it's just like and then there are like things that i've had as an adult as an adult that i go back to because when i had them x amount of years ago they're like comfort dish you know what i mean like it's so it's like a it's definitely a thing like but I also think that it also goes back to like, like you you also like cook and eat a lot of the same things. I think like or at least I do because they're like comfortable. Like you 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 know what you're doing when you cook them and you feel good when you eat them. And so there's like a connectivity there. And I think that this film does a really good job like exploring the like love of like food and the way that you're your memory of that food, like, you know, wanting to, wanting to bring that joy to people is such a cool thing. Yeah. And I also like what this movie has to say about creation and art in general, Mm. because, because, um, you know, food, food is a a unique thing and I, you know, anyone can cook and I'd like to cook. I'm not a good cook. I don't, Mm. I can do omelets and stuff. I'm, I'm definitely better than Linguini, but, um, (laughs) Uh, I'm no I'm no Remy uh, or Colette. Uh, so um, I'm not. <laughs> um, so, but uh, I have the dishes I like to make, but also um, what they say about creation, but also criticism is really interesting mm. because it applies to filmmaking. It applies to any art form that mm. someone's, you know, Remy is a cook and he knows that. And it's the only thing in his life that makes sense. So he goes beyond his own world to be able to do what he wants to do. And that's really an artist has to sacrifice things to, to get there. And then there's always going to be critics who, um, you know, I, I like how, especially from Pixar, it's hilarious up to this point where this falls on the Pixar ranking. They're all killers, no fillers, pretty much. Mm. Uh, Pixar had, didn't have a dud up until this point. Um, uh, uh, critically, um, I mean, I guess Cars maybe was less... Uh, the lowest, for sure. But anyway. It's the lowest, but still fresh on the Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes score at that point. So no no bombs uh, yet. Um, they're kind of in a bomb mode, though, now, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. 
but you know different eras what's also interesting speaking of the eras of pixar i really liked that ratatouille is one of three movies that fall in this weird era of pixar so toy story through cars was in association with disney their partnership Mm -hmm. and then pixar moved away from disney and was just producing their own things for a little bit and they produced three movies they produced uh ratatouille wally and up um Arguably ones that would be the three. I mean, I guess Toy Story. Yeah, those those would be the top. You could see a top ten list of Pixar, and those would be the top three. It starts with those three, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would uh, wait till you hear my list. And uh, I definitely think there's two uh, that are... I mean, we'll talk about it, yeah. uh, On the... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not an Up fan. Let's just say that. Uh, I'm going to say, you want to talk about Up? Uh, First half an hour is great. Then there's a bunch of stuff with a bird that uh, and dogs, <laughs> dogs flying uh, planes that I'm not into at all. So um, <laughs> it's low on my ranking. Uh, my, my ranking people have issues with usually. So um, but I, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, Ratatouille and Wally are one and two on my list. Um, well, and that list is your creation, right? It's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. It's not yeah. Video, so there could be so critics can, that can come yeah. for your list. But, yeah, uh, exactly. Taste, so, is, taste is subjective. Yeah. To, and, to, and on a phrase. Yeah. Absolutely. And I also love what they do with um, Remy when he's tasting flavors and we see mm-hmm. it kind of like jazz popping up in his head mm-hmm. and the music works so well in this movie. And it, we see the swirls of the different flavors creating something new. And he, he talks about creation and it's like, isn't it fun to taste different things when he's trying to convince his brother not to just eat hork mm-hmm. down garbage. Yeah. 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 Well, in, 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 in the beginning of the movie, he starts with just like eating one thing at a time, right? He's eating mm-hmm. one ingredient. And then is it that he it gets struck by lightning and so it gets cooked, right? And then so he can – now he's like, oh, if you add heat to this, that adds a whole mm-hmm. new element. It makes it taste totally yeah. different. And then he discovers adding ingredients. So it's like this create – you're watching – and this again, I – it's been so long since I see this movie. Like the whole first 20 minutes of this, I did not realize we get so much time before we get Linguini showing up in the movie mm-hmm. because it's really it's Remy's movie. It's not Linguini's movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's Remy's process of learning this art and then taking it to the big city to, you know, in, in a sense, he's the director, right? And we've had a lot of movies this year which can be allegories for the creative process and creative, creative things. Um, big Night last week, Inception mm-hmm. um, are like the two that really come to mind. Hugo as well, where, yeah. um, you know, like in Midnight in Paris, I mean, we've had like that's kind of a mm-hmm. theme for these movies that we've had where we we've had this like creative like the art of creativity is like that running theme that we've yeah. had for a lot of these movies Anything and so you're takes place in Paris. yeah i mean you're seeing remy be the, the literal director where he's telling like we like do this like he's moving him like a puppet um mm-hmm. and so yeah it's just like i mean he could just be this like this, he could be a human character in this who discovers some art and he's passing it on to other people whether it's movie making or writing or painting your mm-hmm. food yeah, one of the things I really love too in that opening stretch when he is first um interacting with the ghost of I'm sorry, I'm gonna say the wrong name. Is it um Gust uh Gust- Gusteau. Gusteau. I was gonna say Gustave and I'm like, Yeah, that's what okay, I wanted so to the, say. The as ghost well. of Gusteau in the kitchen at Gusteau's, and he like basically gives you the entire rundown of how a kitchen works. 
and what everybody's job is and why it's important. And that's like something straight out of like the Anthony Bourdain Kitchen Confidential book, mm-hmm. which I like I I ab- like absolutely like latched onto and was like, oh that I like I don't think I really like picked up on that the first time that I watched this, but like that's not something like a kid really is gonna care about, but that's something an adult can latch onto and be like, oh, this movie actually cares about like process of how mm-hmm. just like of how a movie gets made, of how a kitchen gets run. Of how yeah. a meal gets completed and edited and brought out to the masses. Well, to add on to that too, the background, like there's just the details in the background. Everyone's important. Where there's yeah. there's ingredients. I'm like thinking about the scene where they're in the cooler and there's the sausages yeah. hanging and the bundles of asparagus and just like mm-hmm. it, it, you, it does feel very lived in, which is something I've said about some other movies that we've done recently too, where it's just like you you can see all of these different elements and like I was watching it with. Um, the uh, with the captions on mm-hmm. and some of the background dialogue too, where it's behind. They're saying behind and yes, chef and yep. things that you, you see in the bear and other other kitchen properties. But it, it's just that level of detail where it's not just a story about a rat, but it's it's got so much other stuff in there. Yeah, it feels very lived in. I agree, and it, like the attention to detail is incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so I, Tim, all right. So this is well, what were you going to say before I get? Oh there? no, I just think what's also interesting is. There's not really an overarching villain. Like right. I know we have Skinner and Ego, but mm-hmm. Ego really is just like the the critical, like, hey, we're gonna you're gonna be judged. And Skinner mm-hmm. is like out of the picture halfway through, right? Like once mm-hmm. once they get the DNA test, uh, and Linguini takes over, he's just kind of there as a presence who's like, what he 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 has that element where he captures Remy and wants him to make frozen food or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. That, um, that part of the plot kind of seemed to come out of nowhere that that was his like ultimate goal in capturing Remy. That didn't like track with the rest of it for me, but like that just seemed like an idea that he had in his head that we got no foreshadowing to. Well, we do because they but, have the they have the yeah. um, corn dogs and stuff early oh, in the movie. Oh, that's right. That's and right. so it's that's right all. Here. I mean, that's all kind of commenting on like selling out and Got commercial, it. like taking your art and making it commercial, right? Like yeah. it was thinking about, about Emerald actually during all of that. And I uh, wonder if it was based on Emerald where like Emerald used to be this. Yeah, I don't know if he's a renowned chef, but he was he was the chef, and then all of a sudden he became the Bam guy. And he had the he had pots and pans, and he had yeah. Emerald's season, mm-hmm. Emerald's magic seasoning, and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and I wondered. I mean, I know they bring up Chef Bordy at one portion too, mm-hmm. like uh, Ego says that, and I wondered if that was like a callback because I remember as a kid seeing those cans, and they had whoever was playing Chef Bordy, yeah. like. It with different costumes on to represent like oh here's here's meatballs with whatever and he's got yeah. like a French hat on or what uh whatever mm-hmm. so um I I was curious about that I like I really do like the moment too when Remy goes into the office mm-hmm. and we get all the different gustos with the different mm-hmm. accents and even the do- the corn dog one who's a dog yeah. <laughs> um uh talking to him so. Yeah. It's really I, it funny. took me way mm-hmm. too long in my life to realize Chef Boy RD, like because it's for kids, is like mm-hmm. Chef Boy, like it's a like it's a kid name, and his name isn't. Like, it's not just like a name, but like the boy in Boy RD is like a pun on it being like a food for kids. Mm. Did I just did I just blow both of your minds as well? Like, <sighs> no. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah, it's Boy Dash R Dash D. It's not hmm. like his name is Boy RD. It's like uh, it's like kid cuisine type thing. Oh. Okay. 
Yeah, Whoa. no, but I was gonna say on Chef Boyardee that um that that's like a food that I have a very specific like childhood sense of memory of because like when my mom would be working, we always had a stockpile of Chef Boyardee in the cabinets because my mom would work like have to work late at night sometimes doing like her job like intern like uh research stuff for her job and we would have to fend for ourselves for dinner and nine times out of ten if it was in the cabinet i was going for that can of chef goerdi overstuffed italian sausage ravioli like uh, boom that's yeah it. I, I i used to love beefaroni a lot yeah um, yeah I still like a beefaroni every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, I just looked up. I'm wrong. It's it's. I mean, maybe I like, that, that doesn't it, make any sense. Zach. No, maybe that's okay. like part of the thing. <laughs> it is just boy. I don't know what the uh, R D is supposed to mean in terms of lunch. But... I thought it was like they're taking it like you know like kid like a kid thing like they were saying let's say mm. chef and they were just trying to give a name that sounds like a chef but I, I think his name is actually boy R D. I would be worried that the advertisers are like uh, people think there's boys in the food like mm. that that. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, so there is a there is a guy uh, Etor, Etor Boyardee, but it's B O I A R D I, mm. and it's um, it was founded by him, um, oh. but his name was ang- anglicized to Hector Boyardee. Um, so I'm, I was way <laughs> off on uh, yeah, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took me way too long in my life to realize Chef Boyardee was not uh, doesn't mean after, anything other than yeah, Chef Boyardee. Mean anything, but it's just the guy's name. <laughs> Just some guy's name, <laughs> Chef Gusto. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, rest did, in peace, Chef Boyardee. Did you did you notice that one of the microwave options they had for Gusto's microwave food was mm. haggis? No, microwave incredible. haggis. Yeah. Oh man, I love it. Have you ever had haggis? That's no. That, <laughs> that's a connection to uh, Thirty Years Greater podcast on the they did so on Mary Max Murderer. Haggis really? featuring prominently mm-hmm. in that film. Oh, nice. Um, shout out to 30 Years Greater. Since yeah, they shouted Haggis, out since they shouted us out. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, it's like sheep's it's cooking sheep's stomach, yeah, I, I think. think it's yeah. a sheep's stomach, yeah. It's a bunch yeah. of organs, right? In yeah. The sheep's, yeah. 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 I've had yeah. tripe, I mean. but I would recommend Ratatouille over uh, Haggis, probably. Mm. Um. Yeah, so so Tim, I'd love to know why this is yours. This is your number one, Pixar. It's my number two, actually, which yeah, spoils my number one, which is Wall-E, which I okay. think is like the best uh, mm-hmm. Pixar. That's and it, I was really happy for a while because my kids, I have a five and eight year old, and they watch Disney all the time, and they get stuck on a movie and watch one over and over again and they were on wally which was always my oldest like it was hard to get her into it because of the no mm-hmm. talking at the beginning but my kids loved it so i love yeah wally i could talk for hours this one i think is just i i love it because there's so many little elements i i do like i love the montage when they're learning how to work together with mm-hmm. the the puppetry stuff um and at the end of the montage, he's like naturally just catching something that's falling and uh, mm-hmm. see, seeing them together. I think I what I love about like Linguini is like a top tier character for me. Mm-hmm. And he laughs throughout most of the scenes like his his personality. He's having a great He's just goofy and laughing, and mm-hmm. it's like sometimes it's a nervous laugh, but it's mostly just laughing, and he's like open. Maybe that's why he can be controlled by Rat because he's just open to anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, he's and like he's a l- bright-eyed young kid who doesn't know what he's doing anyway. So like, why not? You know? 
Yeah, and he's he's Linguini, so he's like flexible like a new cooked noodle. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't have much controls o- over his limbs by himself. He's knocking things over. Um, yeah, this was the first time I noticed what his first name was. Yeah, um, I saw that on Wikipedia, and I didn't. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize. I don't know if they. Re- I think they do reference the name Alfredo at one point, but mm-hmm. um, it's 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 in briefly. his. It's in, it's in the, will, in the right? letter. The yeah, letter the right. mom's yeah, the, the mom's letter. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so. Um, yeah, Alfredo Linguini is his full name, which uh, <laughs> very funny. It's pretty great. Do you wish they would have had more punny names in this? Because that's really the only one that we get that we get that's like. I mean, I guess you could. Uh, Ego is probably a significant name for the uh, critic as well. For a critic, of course it is. Yeah, because yeah. most critics would say they have a pretty big ego. But... Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we don't get any. We don't get any other food references really, besides you know the uh, mm. rat part of ratatouille. Yeah. Really. Unless the unless the names are all like French things that I don't know, but uh, mm-hmm. what whatever gusto means. Uh, I mean, so Wikipedia like does have the inspirations for some of these listed with the names. Like Skinner is uh, named after B.F. Skinner, the psychologist. I did see. Gusto is supposed to be a play on Cousteau, Jacques Cousteau. That was what Maybe. came to mind too. Yeah. Uh, but according to Wikipedia, it says it's inspired by real life real life chef. Bernard Lasso, who committed oh. suicide after his restaurant was rumored to be losing a star. Oh, damn. Oh. That's um, awesome. Dang. He's one of the Michelin stars. Uh, wait, so, bring the wait, down, wait. <laughs> so, so did, uh, so are you telling me that Gusto like, took his own life? I mean, he just didn't die. They say he they died. Yeah. Well, they you don't say how? he, yeah, he just says he died. I thought he kind of like had a broken heart or something. We've known Pixar has some dark elements sometimes that they don't fully explain. This this could be one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I think man. like like so there's you know the dark elements that he had an illegitimate son too, mm-hmm. right? That um, and I think that explains a little bit of Linguini kind of his character, right? That he mm-hmm. that Linguini grew up without a father, like so that's why he you know I think there there could be some that that's why he's looking yeah. for this purpose. And this connection, which he forms with Remy, even though it's a it's a rat and not a person, and, and the connection that he has with Colette as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that like parallels really nicely Remy's relationship with his own dad and going out to like, you know, his insistence on going out and exploring and finding his own destiny rather than being exactly what his dad wants him to be. And mm-hmm. that's sort of a theme that we have explored a lot this season on The Ladder, actually. Like, that'll come up later in Connections when you think about it, is this this family relationship and trying to find your place within your family while also mm. trying to discover who you were meant to be as a person. You, you know, know? A, rat- a dish of ratatouille is kind of a family of ingredients. I mean, it's like yeah. different yeah. types of squash, eggplant, tomatoes, mm-hmm. herbs. Um yeah. It's sort of like a melting pot family. Yep. But um, it, it actually reminded me a lot of the relationship between, um, you know, between uh, Emil Hirsch's character in Into the Wild and his parents, where, like, his parents wanted him to be a certain way, and he was like, no, I have to go off on my own and figure out mm. who I am, mm-hmm. you know? And then, you know, unfortunately, that did not end as well as this one does. Yeah. But, you know. Or like or like Forrest Gump, yeah. Walter Mitty, people finding themselves in, exactly. yeah, in different ways. Uh, so, Tim, did we ever get why this is your number two? And now you talk oh. about Wally, you know, I liked Wally, but like, what what is it about this that that you love about this movie? I I just feel like it's it's just the economy of storytelling. I, I think there's like yeah, fantastical elements. I like all the characters, and like every single character is fun. Like even mm-hmm. like the the rat dad is you know oppressive, but he's like caring, and we have that mm-hmm. really 
we have that ominous moment where he takes him to the the where all the dead rats are the the poison shop or whatever it is and be like hey i, I just want to protect you but then like it all happens in a matter of a day where the the rats have to show up and run the kitchen which mm. <laughs> it, watching them work all together and then we have the one rat who is like the buff lab rat or whatever yeah. he's like he's like tenderizing the meat yeah it's all gross if you think about it i don't want to eat <laughs> any of the rat made much. food but it's it's really fun and i and i just the the segment when uh remy first gets into the kitchen as well mm. um and we he's like going through all the stations and we're seeing it all from rat level view and he goes mm. in the oven and jumps out that's really fun and what's interesting is disney basically has a ride uh at walt disney world and in disney france uh paris um that is the ratatouille ride and that's pretty much the ride is you get into oh. a mouse sized thing and your your rat size i guess it's a rat your rat sized yeah. uh going around in like a 3d ride type of thing cool. so i've watched the ride through it looks really fun yeah, so i always uh, i always like when we get movies where we get that scale where you're a, and yeah. there's i have one on my list that that pulls from that um and, and and Nemo does that really well too. Mm, yeah, that's, yeah, that's another. That really yeah, that's well another good one. Where where it, it's like kind of like the Ant Man thing, right? Where the mm. train at the end of Ant Man mm -hmm. is yep. this dangerous train, but it's just a toy train. And then I, I yeah, just, so I don't like it like come it like knocks over and uh, it's just a toy <laughs> train. And and don't get me wrong, I love Nemo. I love the Toy Stories. They're all up there. Monsters Inc. They're all great. I just like mm. this one has a little bit more life and more complexity than some of the other Pixar's. Um, to my, to, uh, and I think what Pixar has done well is they make something that works for adults and works for kids. Absolutely. There's always yep. like, this is like 10th or 11th time watching this movie. And I just noticed Alfredo uh, for the first time. So it's one of those things where I, I think it's re more rewarding. You said there's a lot of like ingredients to look. I noticed garlic going in the soup this time mm. and, and just a, a whole bunch of uh, uh, different elements. I, I, I also really love that, um, you know, Remy uh, doesn't talk for over half the movie, basically. And mm -hmm. I think I really love those segments when we're in the human world. He's in the human world. So he doesn't really have that voice. We have the squeaking. I love when the squeak, they, yeah. When they're first trying to work together and there's all the biting and hitting and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he opens up his, his chest and there's uh, the, all the bite and claw marks. You know, Linguini's got the plague or whatever. So, mm -hmm. um <laughs> Definitely needs a tetanus shot at the very least. So. Well, in this in this world, rats are uh, maybe rats are much cleaner. Or something. Yeah, it's it's Get not Les Miserables anymore. Yeah. They're not, well, they're not I, carrying around the the plague. I I watched for the first time. There's a Ratatouille short on Disney Plus that okay. came out the same year. It's called. Um, your my friend the rat or your friend the rat. It's called something like that, and it's it's uh, Remy and Emil like giving you information about rats and one of the big things they propose is the rats didn't cause the plague it were the fleas the fleas that bit the rats the flea, so yeah i've heard that you should, yeah you should hate you should hate fleas not rats it wasn't the rats are resilient is what they are trying to <laughs> put across it's just yeah i mean and i know that there are like 
species of rat that you could have as pets. I've, I have I have a friend uh, from college that had pet rats for like 20 years. Like it's it is a thing. There are like safe rats. They're not all like rats get a bad rat. <laughs> which uh, which Indiana Jones had the rats? Was it Last Crusade? Last Crusade. It's in my connections. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I'm glad it's not Snake Attuli. And it uh, would have been. Yeah. It was in a sewer too. So. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Do you think you could ever see them making a sequel to Ratatouille? We're now, I, uh, what, 18 yeah. years past? Uh, I mean, it would, be called past? Rat, it would still I, be called Ratatouille, right? Well, here's I, I think here's the biggest issue for Ratatouille and not getting a sequel is I don't see any merchandise um, mm. to make you know think of all the pixar movies that's gotten sequels it's all things that could have action figures or yeah. car cars uh, made or toys toys cars or action figures um are really their their sequel areas right like i know nemo is a big kid one too and mm-hmm. my kids have all the fish um um right. and uh, we don't need it because the sequels are other than Toy Story 2, I think Literally most of the sequels trash. are pretty bad on the lower half of my rankings. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It just seems like Ratatouille, when it came out, I don't feel like I remember hearing that many people say it was just like this transcendent movie. And I think it's one that's aged really well. And you yeah. hear people now going back to it and talking about how good Ratatouille was. And maybe, maybe Tim, maybe you were on the Ratatouille train way back in 2007. But I feel like for a lot of people, it's... It's, it's it's uh what is that word that's like been like uh it's grown in the public consciousness yeah like there's like, reverence as the kids it, who yeah. were younger when they saw it in 2007 grew up and started rewatching it you know i sure. think it's grown in that estimation too. yeah i think yeah. it's probably a lot like how you know i grew up with who framed roger rabbit and mm-hmm. there's a lot of background stuff in who framed roger rabbit about the movie industry and film noir that yeah. I did not pick up until I was older, and then you watch it as an adult, and you get like a, re- a reappreciation is the word I was looking for. You get a reappreciation for it, yeah, as a as an adult. So maybe there is a lot of that going on too. For sure. Yeah, and and I think for me, it's one of those that like when my kids request to watch a movie, and I'm the type who can't. If I'm going to sit there with my kids, I'm going to watch the movie. Right. More so than I pay attention to the kids, even if they run out of the room halfway through, I'm finishing <laughs> Ratatouille yeah. again. Hey, what, it, yeah. Even if, even or even if it's a terrible one, like it, I'm watching Cars three again, um, or sorry, Cars two. That's the that's the worst Pixar in my opinion. Um, I, I'm sitting there and seeing Mater save the world uh, one more time. Uh, uh, spoiler alert! Um, I've never seen any Cars movies, and I like uh, Owen Wilson as well. I've, I've never gone yeah. around any of them. Well, you should. Uh, check it out for sure. Lightning McQueen. <laughs> yeah, it's Ciao. true. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell you, one and three are worth seeing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I know Paul Newman did those specifically, like, for his grandkids. He was like, yeah. I'm going to uh, be yeah, in did, these, you know. Yeah. yeah, I did hear that. Yeah. So. Um, all right, is there anything else that we haven't touched on with Ratatouille that you guys want to make sure we get to? I mean, we haven't talked about any of the voice performances in this movie other than touching on Peter O'Toole, who does Ego. He's fantastic. I mean... Peter O'Toole just has a wonderful voice. I absolutely adore him. Patton Oswalt is, like, such a talented voice actor performer, but he's, like, unmistakably unmistakably Patton Oswalt. Yes. But he's got such a great voice for an animated character. I absolutely adore him. Well, it's um, kind of – he's got a cartoonish – He's got a cartoonish voice. voice, and it's great. He, and I think he's really – 
really good in this. And so that's why, like, it took, but it did take me a minute. Like, the last time I saw him voicing an animated character was in the Sandman show on Netflix. And it took me a second, and I was like, oh, yeah, he, I guess he is good at this. Like, he likes doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's also what, Pip the Troll in Eternals. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. And oh, I, that's he, who he vo- was. I saw him listed yeah. in Eternals, and I, I, yeah. was like, I don't remember him being in he's, Eternals. Let's go to he's voice. in the yeah, yeah end credit scene. Um, and then uh, he also voiced Modoc in that Hulu Modoc. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of Modoc, yeah, yeah. Um, the and, uh, and didn't he take over for Louis C.K. in Secret Life of Pets as well? Oh the, yes, yeah. I've Sorry. never, I've never seen the sequel to be honest, because I right, don't yeah, like I those ones at all. Haven't seen either. Um, uh, the well. Let's just say you're not you're <laughs> if you want to get into a illumination studio, let's just uh, I would stay away from the pets and uh, the, most of the illumination you can avoid. But I'm going to tell you, Loki, the minions by themselves are probably the best of the of that. Oh, really? OK, well, I've yeah, heard, yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. I listen to one podcast where there's a big minions guy on. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Nick Weiger. Yeah. Um, Nick Weiger. Shouts to uh, Nick Weiger. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the uh uh but uh Patton Oswald in 2007 was really more a no unknown person so they were a fan of his comedy he had and I think he was on Raymond uh mm-hmm. at that point but or was it King really, of Queens he's on one of yeah them. I can't remember I think he I think was, was on Queens, both right I okay. think he like was both, but I think he was more regular on King of Queens, to be honest. I think you're right. Well, well, it would make sense if he's on Everybody Loves Raymond because Lou Romano uh, or, or not Brad Lou Garrett. Romano. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Brad Garrett. Um, yeah. Isn't that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So I think he cameoed when because uh, King of Queens, uh, Kevin James used to be on. Uh, right. There might be a shared universe well. there between the two. I believe yeah. it is. Yeah, I think yeah. they live in the same. That year, might be what it was. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, the first thing I remember seeing him in is a movie that's on my list, and I just looked at it, and the movie didn't come out till 2009. I always thought that movie was before Ratatouille, so I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. Uh, Big fan. We'll find out. Yeah. So, Big so as far as like the marketing and the uh, behind it, you know, who is the big name star at this point in 2007 that they could Pixar would put the marketing budget behind to be like, we got That's Tom Hanks, thing. we got Tim Allen. No, we they all have. We got Ian Holm from. Yeah, we got Bilbo. That's yeah. your big yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Janine Garofalo is still a name in 2007. She, no um, way. No. Not really. She's, no. She's done at that point. This is yeah. the end. And, and Will Arnett hadn't like not Batman even close. Yet. Yeah, had, no, because uh, Arrest- yeah. I mean, I think he was a little bit of a name because Arrested Development was 2004. True, true, but, but like, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's not he's yeah. not Will Arnett that he is now. Yeah, yeah, he's the, he, he's no Lego Batman at this point. So or uh, whoever he plays in Despicable Me and Minions. I mean, uh, Brian Dennehy is is freaking Tommy's dad the Tommy's dad and he's voicing the dad of Remy here which is wonderful absolutely wonderful I love yeah. it yeah. yeah um yeah no I think uh like I was excited looking at the cast list and outside of uh Patton Oswalt's voice I didn't really recognize like I couldn't have picked out any of these mm-hmm. voices and been like oh that's definitely that person even Peter O'Toole Janine Garofalo like I didn't recognize their voices yeah. I mean Peter O'Toole I recognized just because I had seen Lords of Arabia this year and also like his vo- his booming voice in the lion and winter just lives rent free in the head like it's great mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then um you know yeah i mean ian holm i recognize just because we watched him last week 
But yeah, um, I just didn't think he sounded like him. Like he didn't sound like the Ian Holm that we had last week. I didn't think so, at least. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I thought this was all a really uh, impressive voice cast. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, and most of them are doing what French accents, right? So they're yeah, doing, that's so the Ian thing. Holmes is much higher and much more French, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, sounding, which is funny because like most of them are French, right? Like, and they have French accents, mm-hmm. and but Linguini, no French accent, right? Well, but the question is, name. is he Italian, and that's why he's called Linguini? Yeah, yeah right. Is he actually yeah. Italian? So. Well, and we haven't talked also about Brad Bird. Um, of course, like Brad yeah. Bird now has gotten into the live action stuff. He did Ghost Protocol. Yep. Um, well, I guess he got back into animation with Incredibles 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Ratatouille and the Incredibles movies in, in Iron Giant as well. So yep. Lots, yep. lots of hits that he's had in terms of the uh, animation. Big fan. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Big fan of Brad Bird. Is he have, I mean, I don't think he really has anything coming out um, that I've heard of. It does, he has two things that look like they're in development untitled brad bird musical and something called ray gun but i don't know if either of these are uh i don't know what these are probably not animation and i'm, I'm maybe delayed because of pandemic or strike or whatever's happening now mm-hmm. so um yeah for sure yeah and, ray gun, and I, it looks like it's it's produced by lassiter so but oh. i don't is lassiter oh. out of pixar though no well yeah lassiter's out of pixar and now is producing films for apple um uh, and B- luck came is uh lassiter's first one to come out um after he got me too canceled whatever mm-hmm. he got for inappropriate touching um so yeah now he's at now he's at apple producing there so maybe okay that's, so maybe that's what ray gun will be then yeah yeah. yeah that luck not to be confused with the uh canceled horse. Horse drama on hbo not the horse <laughs> Not, not the horse murders. This is not the horse murders. This is, not uh, the horse murder drama, but yeah. yeah, this is the black cats. The Irish folk actually cat. lucky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John Ratzenberger played a character named Mustafa. Um, yep. He's in everything. He's the yeah. waiter. Oh, okay. Right. He's or the maitre d. He's the maitre d. Who's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's here. And and it's funny because I was looking at my stats on my letterbox and. Uh, I always love to look at like my top actors, right? And mm-hmm. see top actors of all time. And mm-hmm. John Ratzenberger is like six or seventh on, yeah. I think I've seen like him in 37 things and it's probably all voice acting. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Anything else that we want to get into on Ratatouille before we get into feedback and all the other good stuff? No, let's get into it. All right. Cool. So. We will kick things off with the box office. Uh, Tim, do you know what this opened at when this came out back in 2007? Oh my gosh, I'm terrible at this. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to guess it came. I'm, I'm guessing it came out at number one because it it's yep. Pixar. Yeah, June 29th, uh, 2007. This came out at number one. Opened the same weekend as Live Free or Die Hard, which opened at number Ooh. two. Um, <laughs> it knocked Evan Almighty out of that top spot. Oh, uh, two no uh, longer Almighty. Excellent. Uh, let's see. Other, and just like another, uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer was out at that time. Oh, these are up. all horrible sequels. <laughs> uh, Knock Up was good. Knock Up was good. Yeah. Well, speaking of horrible, well, I, I don't know. I like this better than the sequel before. And Ocean's Thirteen was Ocean's in the theaters this good, time. Thirteen's yeah. um, probably the best sequel out of the bunch mm-hmm. so far, right? Yeah. Um, I, I liked both 
Fantastic Four movies, but I don't think I've seen either of them since they originally came out. Oh, I don't think they're watchable at all. In fact, uh, <laughs> the only one and like the one that I tried to give a second chance to was the the Fan Fantastic or whatever. That oh, yeah, I didn't yeah, see yeah. that one. Yeah, one one. Yeah, that one's horrible too. I haven't seen a single Fantastic Four movie ever. So oh, man, I think trash ones. Are I feel like it's a badge of honor at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to see Chris Evans, is uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, well, speaking of sequels, uh, At World's End, Pirates of Caribbean. Uh, I don't oh, know which which sequel that is. Third, I think it's the third one. I believe it goes Curse of the Black, of the Pearl, Black Pearl, then Man. uh, Dead Man's Chest, yeah. and then At World's End. I believe is yeah. the third one where That's impressive. Keith Keith Richard shows up as as Jack Sparrow's dad. dad. Yeah. yeah, the second yeah. one is uh, is uh, Dead Man's Chest is the Davy Jones one. Yeah. Okay. Well, and and yeah. Davy Jones is in At World's End too. It finishes yeah. that trilogy, and then they go on to make two more, three more. I always can't remember because it's. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's funny though because after Keith Richards um, shows up, they end up putting an aging rock star as a pirate in every yeah, movie going forward. So it's I weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that the, that's a whole series that I'm I've seen the first just like Transformers. I've seen the yeah. first and nothing else and so nothing else. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you said lots of lots of sequels that aren't very good. Uh, I do not remember your opinion on this one, but at number 11 that we Shrek the third. Well, I, I'm going to tell you right now. I knew this was going to come up. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, worst, worst sh- mainline Shrek. Okay. Um, so this is my least favorite. Um, it's just bad storytelling and I blame mostly Justin Timberlake, uh, who plays uh, King Arthur in this movie. Uh, he was dating Cameron Diaz at the time. So they were in it together, kind of cute. Then they broke up and had to do all the promotion together, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> this, but, uh, and this one made a lot of people skip four, which is actually kind of fun, but I always say, Two, one, four, three. That's the proper Shrek ranking. Uh, I then would say Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and then Puss in Boots, which uh, is not very good at all. So. I did up really enjoy Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I think I messaged you, Tim, as I was watching yeah. Puss in Boots, The Last it, Wish, and I was like, why am I crying during Puss in Boots, The Last Wish? Damn it, Tim. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I actually want to say, I want to actually revise my list. I messed up. The Last mm. Wish is before Shrek the Third. Okay. Um, um, yeah, because it does have... Them out or not. Yeah, sorry. It does have Shrek in it. Uh, mm. Enough for me. Uh, there's, there's Shrek does appear in Last Wish. Still need to see that, but I will. I've heard, I like I've heard good things uh, about people. You know what's funny is the internet's come around and people are now like, why did we all go crazy for this movie? Uh, um, yeah. It's just good. It's just a fine yeah. movie, which was my take leaving it. I, I was we were like, all hankering is... for something, you know? We were, the, we were just, I think people were just shocked that this studio and we're in love with that low frame and cell animation yeah. that, that Spider-Verse gave us yeah. um, and Mitchell's in the machines and, and the bad guys yeah. uh, are now all doing. So see, I know my animation. You there do. You yep. All right. Well, uh, now that you mentioned, you know, now that we're talking about sequels, I'm just going to go. There were a lot of sequels. 2007 being such a good year for movies. Uh, we also had Spider-Man three. In theaters uh, this weekend, it was this down at 16, so it's pretty far down. Uh, Once, which I mentioned because it's a movie that we've done on this podcast already. The great, great film. Uh, Hot Fuzz, also in the theaters. Nice. Um, 
Batman. sort of a sequel. So yeah. it's the second in the Cornet Cornella trilogy, right? Cornetto, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, 28 weeks later, and uh, yeah, that one's okay. Sequel. Yeah, that's another yeah. sequel. Um, and I believe that is it for sequels and also for anything that we've done um, on this podcast as well. I, I read that they're making a another one. They're 28 do... years later? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, I don't know if it's been, I don't think it's been quite 28 years, but um, let's see. So maybe it will be by the time it actually gets made, considering the, the writer's strike. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So I just brought this up, but uh, the very next week, so July 6th, uh, mm-hmm. Ratatouille is knocked down to number two in the box office by the aforementioned Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. The very first Transformers. I saw that in theater, so I helped I take Ratatouille down. Yeah, so. yeah, we took it down. Uh, uh, and I, I have to say, I just showed my eight-year-old the Transformers series, and he loves them. And I got to say, they're pretty great. Uh, pretty great. Um, I wasn't going to say that. Um, <laughs> Maybe they don't age well. I don't know. I haven't seen uh, them since well, we, I was eight. So, you know. we, no, I think well, he's talking about the live-action Transformers movie. Oh, I thought you meant the, I thought you meant the cartoon. Oh, the cartoon one is decent. I thought you meant cartoon... you were. I thought you meant you were showing your kid the cartoons for the first no, time. No, no, oh, no. Okay, I showed okay. I showed him Michael Bay Transformers. Uh, My kid is gotcha. way into way into it, and oh, no. the, the latter ones. In fact, he he really liked Rise of the Beasts or whatever the latest one oh, was. Yeah, yeah he, he he's into things turning into other things. And let me tell you, they're not worth it. They're that's all. A yeah, like They're all like three hours. Like my kid watched the rise of the dinosaurs or whatever. The age of extinction, I think is what it's called because mm-hmm. the Dinobots are in it. And we watched it. It's a three hour movie and two and a half hours in my, my son's like, where are the dinosaurs, dad? I'm like, I really thought they'd be in here at this point or at least referenced. And then they show up and then he's like, that was the best thing I ever saw. I'm like, we waited two hours and 45 minutes yeah. for, for that for 15. 50- 10 minutes of screen time. Uh, I was the, the trailer for dark of the moon. I remember seeing that and being like this before I knew that it was a transformers <laughs> movie because they're just like something was on the moon and we didn't know what it was. And we unleashed it by going there. And I remember when I saw that trailer on theater, I was like, Oh, this looks great. And then they're like transformers dark of the moon. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh. <what> a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, maybe it's good. I don't know, but that's that's just uh, one of those all time like the the teaser trailer got me so yeah. excited, and then I, when I yeah. thought what it was, I was less excited. Um, there's a there's a part in Dark of the Moon where John Turturro references one of the Transformers having testicles. So I'll tell you, you you were good skipping. It. Is that because it's like one of those trucks with the the balls hanging off the back it's, of the truck? No, it wasn't truck nuts. It was actually <laughs> the Decepticon. That was a re- like a wrecking ball crane that transformed, mm. and then the wrecking balls became its nuts. So I just never thought we'd be talking about truck nuts on this podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> you never know. Well, you that's never what know I bring to go. the show. Yeah, that's what I. Chef Boyardee and truck nuts. That's what we talked about so far. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, listener feedback. Jim kicks us off, and he says, "Ratatouille stands the test of time." Well, it may not be on the Pixar Mount Rushmore. I can't mm. think of a better movie about food. The story is fun and just unpredictable enough while playing towards both adults and children. The voice talent is great, especially Patton Oswalt, though there are big chunks of the movie where Remy is silent. Four mm-hmm. and a half out of five. Mm. Nice. Where Remy is silent. Where are the parts? I don't know if there's 
Right? Yeah, I guess for yeah. long periods of time. Yeah, when he, yeah, when he's in the human world, he doesn't talk. He squeaks with some, yeah. yeah. I would say half the movie he doesn't speak, and then it come when he comes back to talk again. I'm like, anytime he's with the rats, we hear him, right? Um, right in the narration. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Um, so Jim's hero of the movie, Brad Bird. If only the mouse still gave Pixar director Pixar directors such free reign. Indeed. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty well said. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I have a, a Pixar Mount Rushmore. I feel like it's. I mean, Toy Story, probably up. Like not my personal, but just like the ones that are like that are the Pixar Mount Rushmore. Pixar up. Um, Finding Nemo. I mean, not for me. I'm just saying, like, what if you asked the you know top, number number you, one answer well, on the board? It's Family Feud. Yeah, uh, it's Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Nemo. Nemo. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say Nemo. Yep. Monsters Inc. Yeah, uh, people people say Monsters Inc. a lot. Yeah, yeah Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. Yeah. And, and Incredibles. Mm-hmm. When you think of Pixar, people think of so the just their first four yeah. big franchises, basically. Yeah, I would I would say that's probably the ones that like get the most looking at and mm-hmm. all have sequels that like I think that maybe Monsters Inc. You could knock off and put mm-hmm. Cars if you're a certain like Cars is almost bigger for. Um, kids like but it's definitely cars is the least that like you get um replayability for adults i think um mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah i still feel like up is up. i just think people talk about up just because of the opening of up that's like, the thing yeah, that's what they up. say and then no one talks about the big giant the bird or the old two old guys fighting each other on a zeppelin <laughs> or uh yeah uh, the, no one even talks about the balloons on the well, house. How much do people talk about, you know, the uh, different presidents on Mount Rushmore's, like, how much do they talk about their policies? They don't. Oh, they just well, talk they about should, Abraham Lincoln. Or, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe. We should yeah. re- revisit those guys. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, not, I'm not here to litigate Mount Rushmore or Mount, <laughs> Mount Rushless. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> Mount like, Rushless. hey, George Washington was the, the first president. He chopped down a cherry tree and up was, you know, like, the first president of Pixar movies because it's just the first 20 minutes we can talk about. So is yeah, Cars but... is is Cars two the es- standing on escalators of Mount Rushmore? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Car, that's yeah, Cars two for sure. But like Up is like such a anomaly that like I don't think, and I'm going to tell you right now, no kids like Up. Like up is not fun for kids. My ki- you think my kids are going to sit through the 20 minutes? They'll never <laughs> see that bird because <laughs> they're too depressed and they want to watch something else. It's <laughs> like, oh, the the sad old guys uh movie. Do um, kids watch Wally though? My kids love Wally. Like like that is I, I was surprised and Wally's fun because even though he's not talking at the beginning, yeah. he's a short circuit robot yeah. mm-hmm. who like at one point put a bra puts bra a bra on his eyes and mm-hmm. then like he has a little fun cockroach that's running around with him too. Also, um, I mean he does have like, you know, really great taste in movies. I mean, Hello Dolly is a fantastic musical. One, so. We watched Hello yeah. Dolly because of uh, Wally. That's wonderful. That was a I was going to ask you. Yeah. That was a ladder for there us. And my kids love, yeah, my kid, my kids also love those old um, musicals. So nice. I'm so, it's so crazy that my kids, like one of their favorite songs is Shapoopy. Um, so. <laughs> Well, that's from uh, music uh, that's Man, Music right? Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying that era of movies yeah, they watch. Yeah, they just like saying too. poopy, Tim. Yeah, yeah that 
like Ratatouille. Ratatouille, yeah. Ratatouille. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, well, uh, you know, we do have a character in Wally who's silent for much of the film, so. Right. Uh, uh, well, why don't, right. We, why don't we get to Ron's feedback? Uh, right. Ron writes in and says, well, this is very much a movie about acceptance. I cannot help being grossed out by a rat in the kitchen. What is the opposite to Hungry? Three stars from Ron. So, yeah, Ron was not able to get over the hump we discussed uh, at the top of the podcast, unfortunately. Um, Well, I appreciate Ron's callback to uh, us talking about how Big Night made us so hungry. Yeah, for sure. Ratatouille made him. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't feel like Ratatouille. Not because of the rats, but just the food. Because it's animated, I think. Like, yeah, the the like thinly sliced Ratatouille looked good, but it didn't. I, no, I would say it, this movie made me very hungry. Yeah, and and what else do we see? Really, we see the weird, um, me- the shortbreads that he has to make because mm. it's a bad recipe, and that doesn't look very good. And the and soup, soup even, the soup just kind of looks yellow. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to say this is not a pl- – they probably just couldn't achieve, like, beautiful – there's no Miyazaki food in this right. uh, yeah. in this uh, movie. Yeah. I, uh, this movie did make me want some wine, though, and for kids. Oh, absolutely, wine. yeah. We don't even talk too much about the wine scene, but, um, you know, Tim, you said that you think that's the worst scene in the movie. But. Well, I just don't like the one line. Like, I, I like him getting drunk and talking with – Skinner trying to figure out like what his motivation is. And I especially like the part when he's drunk, but he's getting yeah. grilled. Have you ever owned a rat? He's like, no, no. He's like <laughs> super not going to like reveal anything there. Mm-hmm. But, um, but uh, yeah, I just like, I know why they put it in. I just, we just don't need that one line of like saying ratatouille. It's a peasant. It, isn't that a soup? Why does it say, sound like rat and patooey? It's like, mm-hmm. We can just have it be the final dish and know that, like, mm. oh, it's called Ratatouille because that's the name of the restaurant at the end or whatever. And it's got rat in the title. Mm. Yeah. I did wonder if they were even going to have – like, I, I wasn't sure what role Ratatouille was going to play. So I did wonder if the word Ratatouille would even be said or if it would just be, like, a reference to this being a kitchen movie about a rat. Um, maybe that line would have been better delivered by, like, a patron in the restaurant who didn't know much about food, which could have mm. been similar to seeing the league in Big Night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Uh, all right. Oh, I get next. Uh, so yep. Olin has feedback this week, and he says, uh, "Must have been a pain for parents of young children if they got exterminators or set rat traps after this film." <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, French cuisine, in particular Paris, is not my favorite. So first few minutes washed by me. Decent enough. Maybe take it in more by the voice acting than the animation. Highlight is undoubtedly Peter O'Toole relishing in his role. Mm-hmm. Uh, three and a half from all. Three and a half. Mm. All right. Um. Yeah. I, I actually I think the animation, especially with how quickly it moves around the kitchen at times, is really beautiful and really striking because I don't feel like you're losing that attention to detail even when it's zipping around at a really fast pace. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think it actually maintains the beauty of the animation, like even at the hardest level of doing so. Yeah. And, and we're at the era, it's 2007, Pixar's figured out humans uh, mm. since since uh, Incredibles, and everything is much more detailed. I mean, if you go back and watch Toy Story and just look at how many backgrounds oh, yeah. are just a solid color, and you look mm-hmm. at the melting, I mean, you can see any of the stills of the, the all of the kids at Andy's party are, are Andy. Uh, the, um, 
it's all the same model, which is funny. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just yeah, they've come a long way, which is yeah. great. Yeah, and I do think the animated action, like the when they're in the water, for example, at the mm. beginning, and when he goes into the dishwasher and stuff like that, and then goes into the oven, like there is that, like it it moves, and you you don't lose that detail, like you said. Brent. So yeah, no, I think um, I think we all like the action a little more than Brent, than Holland did. I will say too, like um, I think Paris is such a cinematic city, you know, like it is, yeah. I, I love the the back, you know, the the Eiffel Tower in the background, and just like mm. seeing that skyline, which we've seen now Paris a bunch of times so far this yeah, year. Yeah, three or four at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, yeah. uh, let's let's finish off with Alex here. Alex says this movie is a delight every time I watch it, and it really was a perfect ladder suggestion. Woo-hoo. Ian Holm back again as over the top antagonist, humble cooking versus the more established way of doing things. And both Big Night and Ratatouille really make me hungry, and especially for an animated film, that's impressive. I can't say that this is quite a perfect movie all the way through, but it's just so so smartly written, incredibly animated, and the message is so good that it gets the extra push to be a perfect score. Five out of five from Alex O. Oh, when I when I saw that, and I thought he meant it gets the extra push from the perfect score, like the music, because I do think the score yeah. is really beautiful too. The it also is a really score. beautiful score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, fantastic. Yeah, music, perfect. Alex, save the All best. right, well, this movie <laughs> made one of us hungry at least. Uh, uh, <laughs> congratulations to Alex. That's my that. secret. I'm always hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, cool. All right, so what does that give us for an average from listeners? Uh, four from the listeners, which is not too bad. Yeah. Kind of all over the map. Everything they have every score between three and four. Yep. Oh no, we so don't have four go. in there. Nope, we have three, three and a half, four and a half, and a five. Yep. So. so that'll give us a four. Yep. All right. That's how math works. Tim, you want to kick us off with your rating? I'm. Uh, uh, you probably know it. It's yeah. it's a five. It's this right. is Boom. this is there for me. So. I'm assuming you gave Shrek a five as well. So uh, <clears> what we are you talking about? Two five yeah, star movies from from Tim. From you only bring Tim. me in for the you only bring me in for the hits. The heavy hitters, right? Movies. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we'll have you we'll have you back for Cars three. Right. If you want you want to bring me back for Boss Baby when you get there. I'll, Absolutely, I'll... I can't wait. Yeah, definitely. Uh, cool. All right. Anything you want to say about your five, or do you feel like you've gotten it? Uh, you've uh, I mean, uh, what, what more can I say? I just absolutely. There's something that's just special. It's it's different. I mean, as someone who watches a ton of like, quote unquote kids movies or uh, <laughs> animated movies, um, uh, the, there's just something a little bit more. There's there's you know, more avenues, more details. It's, there's just like minor things that like uh, a lesser film wouldn't include Mm -hmm. and just gives out the life story. And we get to see, and it's not like overly cute and it's not, it's really a gross movie if you think about it because like there's body <laughs> horror you a man controlled by a rat a rat yeah. making food it's it's like they're like basically let's tell the hardest story possible something that would be unappealing and still make it a good movie i would also say that like this one doesn't get a sequel because i've never seen a rammy t- stuffed plush and mm. i think because people don't like rats so um and you know and and saying that like this didn't stick around for a second week at number one that's that's telling especially for a kids movie mm-hmm. and how, how kids movies even have more or animated movies that dear um had so much more legs this year considering what came out and everything this year and mm-hmm. 
Elemental, which is Pixar's mm-hmm. newest this year, which I thought was good, but not great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, had so much legs because kids like going to the movie theater and it was like one of the only options. So it ended up making like something like close to $45 million, uh, which is great for Pixar. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, where does it, where does Inside Out fall on your Pixar rankings? Okay, that's the most controversial one on my list. Everyone says I have Inside Out too low. Um, let's see. But Inside Out is a good, not great movie, okay? So it's a four star for me. Uh, and it is, let me just count one. Two. <laughs> I do think that it got over like overblown it's, after the fact i think it, i think it gets like a little overrated yeah no i think it's the opposite i think people hate on it now for whatever reason where is it whatever people it? hate it now i I, th- I find people it's 13 on my yeah. list which which is um about halfway i put i have it right above bugs life and right below one of my more hot takes monsters you which i wow. think is a good sequel yeah, never Tim, we are in the hand-holding club. I have it exactly 13 as well. There you go. Awesome. Club. Well, I'm going to bring up the average. Yeah. I have it at number one. It's my favorite. Wow. Um, uh, well, yeah. See, that's yeah, what I guy. normally run into is people complain that I I needed my top five. And yeah, like, no, I feel like people hate on it now, though. I feel like whenever I bring up Inside Out and I just – it's just the one I think is like – it just got so much like clever writing and depth and uh, it's just uh, the one that speaks to me the most of all the Pixar movies. Fair enough. And that's, I think that's what these movies do is like, I mean, as we were saying earlier, like much like cooking itself, like taste is subjective when Mm. you're eating something, what's delicious to one person may not be delicious to you. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're, it's taste is very subjective as our movie. movie Yeah. And that's why I've avoided elemental because I'm worried it's going to be too derivative of inside. That's what I'm, yeah, that was uh, my I, fear too when I saw it or when I saw I, I, the it, um, trailer. It's not. Um, I, I would say it's more derivative of Zootopia, which is in mm. a Pixar. I love Zootopia um, yeah. as well. So, we do love so, Zootopia, yeah. yeah. Zootopia uh, is better than Elemental, in my opinion. I like Zootopia as well. Yeah. I That's also, and, and we'll, we'll move on to our scores, but I also thought Soul was pretty good. And I feel like that was very quickly forgotten, but uh, very dark. I, I don't know if I would ship yeah. Soul, but um, Soul that. is. Soul is. Number six on my list. I love That's Soul okay. so oh, much. Okay. It's good. it's 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 good. It's uh, Soul is very good. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, well, I'll go next. Okay. And I will give this. I'm gonna give four. Um, I actually came in thinking I was gonna do three and a half. Like, because hmm. I, I don't know if you know at the beginning of the movie at the beginning of the podcast I was like, well, you know, like it's mm-hmm. it's fine. Like I, I was a little bit lukewarm on it, but I, I do think like, there's a lot I appreciate as we've talked through this and. Um, that economy of storytelling that you talked about, Tim, I think that's a great point. Like this movie, it's, you can't really walk out of the room at any point in this movie. Like you miss mm-hmm. very key things. Um, mm-hmm. If you, mm-hmm. if you miss lines and dialogue and uh, it's, it's well-written and accomplishes a lot. And you were just, were talking about like the idea of like a rat that controls a human in a kitchen. Like think of that writer's room when they're like, okay, what is, what is the plot of Ratatouille? And they're like, they just like go through like, okay, we start with a rat who discovers like, one ingredient and then figures out how to make dishes with it and cook it like that it's just yeah i think it's a very solid movie i don't know where i would put it in terms of my pixar overall pixar rankings um but it was i'm glad i revisited it um i definitely like it better this this watch than the last one um but i do i do think there is like a you know what ron said too like that 
I'm not, I wasn't grossed out by the rats, but there is just like a weirdness to it. Like it's 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 like there is a surrealness, I guess, uh, to this movie in elements. But I don't know. I, I like talking through it. I think I um, I appreciate it more after talking things out with you guys. You're actually lower than I anticipated um, being when I came in. Um, sorry, Tim. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you guys broke up. Sorry, I talked. To, go, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Tim. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, you're actually lower than I anticipated being myself uh, when I came in, Zach. I thought I was going to be the Anton ego of this podcast being mm. all like, I'm going to give this a four and a half. I don't think it's quite perfect. And then, like, much like you talking it out through the course of this podcast, the the nits that I have to pick feel so minor that – like, I do think this is a top-tier Pixar movie. And looking at my list of Pixar movies, which I will go through in my one last thing, um, I don't, like, have a good reason to not give it a five. I mean, uh, this movie's absolutely delightful. I mm-hmm. had a great time rewatching this movie. I would rewatch it again. Um, you know, this is, this is a, yeah, it's a great movie. Five. I'm going to give it a five. I have no reason not to give it a five. All right, so we got a five from you, a five from Tim, a four from me, and a four from the listeners. So yep. by my math, that's a four and a half average. Hey, that is good. indeed a four and a half. Good math. Nice. All right, well, it's nice when it's easy. We did it, guys. Um, all right, uh, connections time. Uh, so connections last week. We already talked about a bunch, but we didn't really mention too much about Ian Holm, but Ian Holm, of course, being in both movies. Uh, yep. both Big uh, Mike at and Home Ratitude. in the Kitchen, I believe, was going to be our title connection for this week. Uh, uh, yeah, I also have Holmes Cooking or Home Cooking. Home Cooking. I like yeah. Home Cooking, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, let's do home a guide cooking. to home cook, a guide yeah. to home cooking. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I also had uh, Ratatucci, which we had that was one of the reviews <laughs> last week for Big Night that we read. So we call it Ratatucci, uh, but we don't have, I don't have Stanley Tucci in this movie. Either, so, but I love you know. Ratatucci, it's so yeah. funny. Um, and we, we talked a lot about a lot of it, but there is like the whole like the eating of the soup that we have in this, um, reminded me of Big Night, um, yeah. big cook an omelet. Yep, breaks yep, eggs. Same, yeah. uh, and then there's also that line about like cleanliness is close to godliness. Yep. And, and we had that here, line right? in Big Night. Like I, th- I do think this movie is influenced mm-hmm. by Big Night. Like, there's a lot of, sure. of callbacks to Big Night, whether intentional or not. I mean, even that just the Ian Holm casting is a similar mm-hmm. character. Um, but that cleanliness is close to godliness. There was the talk about like food is close to godliness last week. Yeah. Um, I also think that where Linguini ends up at the end of the movie, where he's kind of the front of house guy, is yeah. we get the same. Um, we get uh, one of the characters, Big Night, last week, uh, who ends up as that front of house guy in the, yeah. in the, in the restaurant. For sure. Yep. So, uh, anything else that you have for Big Night, Brendan? No, those were the big ones. I mean, we hit all the big ones. Yeah, just lots Tim, of wine. Tim, we convinced you to food. watch Big Night. Oh, I, it's on my, I added it to my watch list already, nice. so, right, cool. yes. Um, nice. Uh, connections to other movies from this year. We've yeah. Talked, we've got a lot of Paris. Already. Yeah, I mean, we went through a lot of them. I mean, we had all the stuff with Paris and the sewers and rats and et cetera from, like, you know, uh, Midnight in Paris and Les Mis and mm-hmm. uh, Hugo. Um, I talked about, I mentioned the Force Ghost earlier. That gives advice <laughs> to our main character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the master, the master and Padwan. Uh, obviously, narr- we had we've had a lot of movies with narration. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I mean, I feel like we have like I mean, Shrek isn't human, but he's human esque. But, but I would tell, I would say right now, in the first Shrek, uh, of course, they catch and eat some rats on their way mm. back uh, to yeah, to right. 
to Dulop. Uh, so we do see rats in that first trek. So mm-hmm. yeah, also that, well, uh, that friendship between an animal and a human esque character between Shrek and Donkey, and then the week before with Banshees and Ashir and the the friendship um, mm-hmm. between the two characters. I think for sure. Pair. And he says in the morning he's going to make waffles. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. They're swapping manly stories too. Yeah, um, stories. The uh, Princess Bride has the rodents of unusual size. Oh yeah, R O U S is good job, Kim. Oh nice, yeah, yeah. yeah, good point. I don't think those exist though. Um, well, I don't think that's I don't I think heard. rat cooks exist either. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then just that that uh, creative process. Yeah, Inception, Hugo, Midnight in Paris, uh, Pollock, Prestige, mm-hmm. um, Art. Yeah, yeah Pollock. Like yes, stuff. thank you. Yep, that was the other one. That, yep. um, uh, Ellen and Silver Lines play as well. So, and then and being in the kitchen last week, Big Night, and then Krisha. Uh, this movie has come up as a suggestion. Uh, of course, Big Night. Um, I think I've been the one to suggest this a lot. I suggested this after Midnight in Paris. Nice. Um, and it came up after Goodfellas. Stefan suggested mm-hmm. after Goodfellas for Rats was his connection. And then way back episode 58, My Best Friend's Wedding, um, Olin suggested it. Uh, nice. Opening scene of sh- opening scene of chefs eagerly awaiting from a distance the thought of a food critic reminded mm-hmm. me of strongly of scenes from Ratatouille. Yeah, that's good. That's a great point. Good point. Um, yep. yep. Um, the food critic scene. I forgot she was a food critic in my best friend's Yeah. Because so. it doesn't end up really mattering. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Uh, uh, movie map for last year. Tim, do you have a movie map for last year? Yes. Let me. Uh, sorry, I moved my document. That's okay. I did not come up with a good one, so I hope y'all did. <laughs> uh, we did Apollo Ten and a Half was animated and uh, sentimental to childhood as well. Yep. The um, father son relationship in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we had a lot of. Fa- well, I guess it was a couple years ago we had the father son. I think that was season two that we had all the father son relationships. I mean, who framed Roger Rabbit would have made a lot of sense if we had done that last year instead of two years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's your movie Atlas. Yep, yeah, that's the Atlas. Okay, okay. Yeah. 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 So, so wait, remind me. The map is t- just, just what we last, last year. year. Yeah. Season three. Okay, okay. Yes, okay. I looked at that, but let me. Sorry. No yeah, worries. I mean, there, there really isn't like I, I think really like yeah, yeah. that yesterday I think may, might be probably the best connection just in terms of creative process and creative process. Yeah, something. that's fair. And uh, somebody, somebody like claiming credit for something that they didn't actually oh, do. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So there you go. They were inspired like they were inspired by somebody else's that they were what, is it their own creation or not? What about what about the big sick and rats cause the plague? Is that a, is that a <laughs> I don't know if she had the plague, word. but yeah, no, she didn't uh, really have the plague, but yeah. Um, um, uh, the Mama Mia is about finding out who your dad is and Linguini finds out who his dad is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, right. Something uh, else I forgot to mention, uh, Patton Oswalt is in Secret Life of Walter Mitty as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, e2 Mama Tambien's about a threesome of people and Colette, <laughs> Linguini, and Remy are kind of a... Kind of a threesome. Oh, a trio. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I did want to see if we've done any other movies that Giacchino has oh, scored as well. The, the big um, one that I thought about was the the cooking in this movie really made me think of the cooking scene in Goodfellas in the yeah. the in the mm-hmm. prison mm-hmm. when he's yeah. shaving the garlic, the garlic so it melts and... in the the pan. So mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. Yeah, we talked about that last week. It was a big night. We that was our movie map last mm-hmm. week. Was good. Was yeah. Goodfellas. Um, 
Yeah, and the um, only other movie we've done that Giacchino has scored is Bad Times at the El Royale. Oh, wow. But that's he has fun. done, I mean, he's he's got a very impressive He's got story. an extensive filmography. That's surprising. Yep. It's really good. Uh, um, oh, we didn't do Here Are the Movies. Oh, um, yeah, we forgot to have one. Um, yeah, yeah uh, Bradbury. Yeah. Bradbury's yours. All right. Yeah. Tim, got to hear the movie. Uh, I'm, I'm giving it to Linguini. I, I thought he was funny. He's a, a joy in every scene. And for a guy who's being controlled by a rat, he's... he's upbeat he really only gets yeah. frustrated once and he like immediately apologizes right like his mm-hmm. ego gets big one time and it's just a frustration um mm-hmm. and he tries to apologize and that's when remy lets all the rats in to steal the food right yeah oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah and he does not treat you like we like rats are supposed to be or like we treat pets or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah i'm gonna give mine to remy because nice. uh from humble beginnings to, um, you know, running a restaurant and having like a, a home a for his his rat family to be yep. in the restaurant. We didn't talk much, but Colette is low key a great character, especially really as like character. the only fe- real female character in the whole movie. Well, which... she she says that too. She says, "I'm yeah. the only woman who works here." Yeah, and and we get that like she's got to fight harder. We mm-hmm. see the moment when she like is upset that like Linguini, you you used all of my uh, tips to impress the chef, and now you're gonna get ahead of me. Yep. That's the great scene when Linguini's asleep, right? And yeah. Remy's controlling him, and he's got the look on his face with the sunglasses. Yeah. So and then there's the scene later where she's like not sure what he's going to reveal under his hat. And she's yeah. like getting ready to mace him. And then Remy like yeah. straight up like assaults her. Oh by, yeah. Like, bringing Linguini in for the kiss of like, bro, that's assault brother. Yeah. I also, I like that scene because it's funny yeah. because the, the, he's kissing her and she full on pulls the mace up to his eyes, yeah. thinks about it and then decides she's into decides it. Not to. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. All right. Uh, one last thing, everybody. One last thing. All right. Um, anybody want to go first? I'll go what first. Um, so I teased earlier that I would uh, talk about my Pixar rankings. I might as well talk about them here in my one last thing. Uh, right now, Ratatouille is currently at number seven mm-hmm. in my Pixar rankings behind Toy Story 3, Toy Story 1, The Incredibles, Wally Up, and at number one is Coco. Mm. Yeah, Coco's one that never really connected that well for me. I freaking love Coco, and I have such a, like, deep, like, that's the one that hit me on, like, the most personal level of any Pixar that I've seen, and so I'm I'm sure, like, not as many, not, like, people probably didn't connect to it as much as I, like, don't have it as high if they didn't connect to it in the same way I did, but I was straight up, like, just totally down for that movie when I saw it. So, yeah, uh, I, I agree completely. Coco's my number three on my list. Nice. And I've always said that my preferred afterlife would be the day of the dead afterlife. I want to go, go be a skeleton in the day of the, the world of the remembered or whatever. I get that. And Book of Life is another good day of the mm-hmm. dead. That's uh, a uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro animated one. That's that's worth checking out. Spectre right. also starts in the day of the dead. Oh, yeah. True, um, true. So yeah, that's where I'm at, um, number seven. But I also would like probably give any of the six above it also a five. So that's where I am um, with my Pixar rankings. There you go. Nice. That's what I'm on last thing. Um, all right, Tim, you got one last thing? I'm going to say uh, in my Pixar rankings, 
I give 10 Pixar movies fives. Um, and then um, let's see. I would give. Uh, there's less fours than threes, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would. Yeah, let's see. OK, so 10 fives. Then Monsters U is the first four on my list. One, two, three, four. Uh, and there's only four fours. And then the threes go one, two, three. Ten. Then there's another ten threes. There is a two, one, two, and one, one. So uh, I do all whole numbers. So never halves for me. Um, so okay. that's pretty good uh, average. Are you going to math that for me? Um no, no, I'm not mapping. No. I'm not mapping those for you. <laughs> so that's that's my one more thing. I I uh, the one is Cars two. The two is Lightyear, which is horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then starting with my third worst to Pixar, I give up a three, um, and the goes all the way to. Uh, Dory, Finding Dory is the other, the top of the threes. Mm. Turning Red is the first four, and then the last four is Monsters U, heading up to the top, and then Luca, or sorry, Incredibles is my first five. And my fives are Incredibles, Luca, Monsters, Inc., Nemo, Toy Story 3, Soul, Toy Story, Toy Story 2, Coco, Ratatouille, Wally. So Nice. That's Toy Story one. Two is yeah. your is your number one Toy Story. That's my favorite Toy Story. It's mine as well, and I feel solid. like I'm always surprised that. Uh, yeah, I, um, I think Woody's too mean in one. Uh, mm-hmm. To be honest, mm-hmm. they yeah. haven't figured out the characters. He's he's more negative. I mean, the novelty of one is great. I think two is fun, and they're really f- having fun. And but I would say three is the most complex of those mm-hmm. first three. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, nice. Uh, all right. Well, one my one my one last thing uh, is not going to be my Pixar rankings. I I don't know what they are besides having Inside Out at the top. Uh, but I will say, uh, Tim, you were our first choice for guest. But as soon as Brendan invited you, I did say, well, we should have asked Mike Bloom since Linguini is like <laughs> a spitting image of Mike Bloom. I was gonna say that too. I was like, oh, did Mike say no? Are we allowed to say yeah. this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, he has he has put it out there before. I've he seen has him. absolutely, yeah. He, he said uh, if he yeah. were an animated character, he'd basically be Linguini. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, we did not ask Mike, but we, you know, Mike, you are uh, you were in our thoughts this week. <sighs> thoughts and prayers, Mike Bloom. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Well, what, what type of animal do you think controls Mike Bloom under his hat? I, it's something that allows him to do 9,000 hours yeah. of podcasting yeah, exactly. in 200 yeah, yeah. hours of a week. Well, um, yeah, well, we do, we do know that, that established in Ratatouille that not only can Linguini be controlled by a rat, but when he's asleep as well. So mm-hmm. potentially, yeah. <laughs> that's even worse. You know, that's you wake up and you don't, yeah, you, he's being awesome. slapped. He wakes up being slapped. <laughs> yeah, what right? a way to wake up. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that is one of the we did not talk about that, but that is one of the like uh is that like uh supernatural things that happens. Yeah, mm. further further body horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Is there another situation where you would like to see a ratatouille type situation where an animal is controlling a body? 
of some sort. I'm putting <laughs> you guys on the spot, so I don't know if you guys have any other ideas. Another situation where an animal could can control, think like, is it like, I want an animal, which animal, I think a better question is like, which animal would you want controlling you? Okay, yeah, um, well, there you go. And so it's, you don't have to pick a rat, because that's gross, but, um, I mean, do you go with cute? Do you like, I think maybe I choose a sloth so that I don't have to do much. <laughs> yeah my uh can i just know. take like can i just have like a large bird swoop down and like carry me from place to place to get there faster <laughs> i'm gonna say i would like to be the one in control of like yeah, of whale. an animal yeah um, i would whoa, like to control like know. a whale animal yeah. handling skills yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to be the rat you want to yes. you want to hit you want to control a whale with the voice of meryl streep right man manitouli uh, maybe I would control manatee. Manatee. Man- manatee. <laughs> yeah, manatee. Yeah. There we go. We got that. Uh, uh, all right. Well, uh, shall we move on and uh, see what we're going to be watching next week? Let's do it. All right. So what's the Dupicker movie for next week? Send in your feedback at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram, themovieladder at gmail.com. Let us know your score and next movie that you want us to cover. All right. Alex kicks us off. He says, more clever animals and tasty food. The Fantastic Mr. Fox. Love it. Sanderson. Or just, it might just be Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, another movie where Patton Oswalt plays an obsessed creature slash person. I had this on my list as well. Big fan. This mm-hmm. was the, the 2009 movie that I thought came out yep. way earlier. Yep. Um, and then uh, Turning Red. Uh, another Pixar movie involving a secret animal counterpart. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim just brought up Turning Red. That was one I realized I never saw. I, I think a lot of the recent Pixar we saw Soul I haven't Ooh. seen. So I didn't see Turning, Turning. Turning Red connects to the movie I uh, my favorite thing I watched. Uh, uh, Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Oh, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Uh, all right. Jim has another Janine Garofalo romance where animals bring people together. The truth about cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also hinges on some deception, though. Here it is more of a Serrano. Uh, is it Serrano? What is that name? Serrano de Bergerac. Serrano. Yeah. Thank you. It's a uh, boy RD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Instead, deception with Uma Thurman playing the role of a key friend. Mm-hmm. All right. Ron has Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, an animated character, finds his way in the world. Also, we've got that puppetry. Yep. yep. Uh, Darkest Night. Main character is self-described is a self-described rat. One of his uh, infamous quotes, anyone can be a rat, but it takes a certain amount of ingenuity to re-rat. I've never heard of Darkest mm-hmm. Night before. Neither have mm-hmm. I. And then, uh, of course, everything everywhere all at once, probably on all of our lists as well. Direct reference to Ratatouille. I wonder how many people watch Ratatouille after watching that. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that movie. We should uh, watch that again. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that one was on my list I, as well. I, I believe in everything everywhere all at once. She does jump on top of the guy's head and controls him in mm-hmm. that universe Absolutely, as well. Yeah. So, that's a manatuity. Uh, yeah, manatuity, yeah. Yeah, manatuity. Yeah. Yeah, uh, all right. And then Olin has Felicia's Journey. A man is obsessed with a seemingly French cook that he watches on TV. She becomes a driving force for his actions. Wow. Uh, also, director Adam Egan's name is a little similar to Anton Ego. Yeah, that's very good point. And he says it's his favorite film of 1999. Never even heard of it. Interesting. No. And much like 2007, 1999 is a great movie year. Yep. Uh, the Front is his next one. Film by Hollywood Blacklist, where blacklisted writers used a person as a front like Remy needed uh, a front like Linguini to have his creative work accepted. There you go. 
That's a that's an interesting read on this too. Yeah, yeah the, the blacklist where they had to have uh, fronts. So Rami being uh, Linguini being a front. So yeah, many actors and writers and directors on film were blacklisted, starting the non-blacklisted uh, Woody, starring the non-blacklisted Woody Allen as Linguini-esque front. There you go. And then his last one, Stuntman, Peter O'Toole film, where a chase and out uh, and our protagonist escape leads him into a new world, leading him to showcase previously held back talents. So Peter O'Toole is our connection there. And then my brother sent in Boiling Point. Uh, it's a stressful kitchen movie. Um, it was on, I think it was on my list last week. It was as on well. my list for this week, and I, yeah, I hadn't seen it yet. Yep. All right. All yeah. right, Tim, kick us off. All right. How about uh, 2003's Willard? This is the rat mm. movie yeah. with Crispin Glover. There you yeah. go. He, he has a bond with rats. This is the, mm-hmm. and he's very linguine shaped as well. So, um, <laughs> uh, fun horror film. Um, how about, uh, w- let's talk puppetry. Let's get into the puppetry mm. of puppetry. controlling someone. And the main character is a puppeteer. This is uh, being John Malkovich. Uh, mm. oh. A real have a you, manatee. Have, ha, yeah, manatees for sure. So the control element, and John Cusack plays a puppeteer who's looking for work and finds the ultimate puppet. Mm-hmm. Um, kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go. Let's go back to the kitchen with a uh, with a, a, a yes chef. And in, indeed, this is the menu, which mm-hmm. uh, yep, I. My list. Absolutely had a I loved the menu. Um, fun. It seems like uh, Remy would make some of the dishes in the menu. Um, all right. Uh, here's the one Pixar connection I, I'm going to offer you. And I think directly we talked about it. Soul, which directly connects, uh, especially in the elements when we see Remy eating the food mm-hmm. and he's he goes into like in Soul they mentioned that humans who are alive can get into the zone when they do something artistic. And so mm. uh, Jamie Foxx's character starts playing uh, the piano and his soul kind of leaves his body and he gets into the zone. And that's kind of what Remy is doing when he's tasting food. Uh, we see it's a very similar artistic style. And of course, soul is uh, about the afterlife, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music is awesome in the soul. I do worry, yeah. um, um, uh, I have to mention this because I'm a Shrek expert, but in Shrek Forever After features the Pied Piper who uh, uh, uses his uh, magic flute to control rats, and then he yeah. can also con- he can control ogres uh, uh, by changing his his little uh, flute. Um, I don't expect you guys to pick that one. How about uh, have either of you ever seen the uh, Mexican uh, Spanish language film like Water for Chocolate? That's a a, a cooking movie. Uh, It's about a chef who uh, cooks her emotions into all of her meals. And so based off of how she feels, the people who eat her foods uh, become very sad, become very happy, become very amorous. Uh, It's a really great foreign film. Thanks. I do remember hearing about that, but I had no idea what it was about. Yeah. Um, and it does remind me of, well, I'll mention it, but there's another movie that uh, has a similar idea, but is not as high quality, I don't think. Hmm. And then my, my, well, I did have everything everywhere all at once, but this is the last one. 
and uh, uh, you'll know what scene I'm specifically referencing. This is The Departed. Uh, I think yep. you could uh, mm-hmm. yeah. 100% uh, know why. <laughs> is it a spoiler for me to say why it's a reference? No. Uh, I yeah. don't know. There's a rat. There's a significant rat. In, in There's a Dirty bunch Rats. of rats, honestly. There's a lot of rats. There's a lot of Dirty Rats, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Departed also, much like Ratatouille, one that's very uh, long-term standing member of my watch list. It's been, I've been out of my rewatch list for a long time. I feel like The Departed is one that, when I rewatched, dropped big time on my ranking. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. Well, that's the, that's the rule. Every movie is should be watched twice for full appreciation because... The first time, it's very hard to take it all in. Yeah. All right. Who goes next? Me? Yeah. All right. Um, I still have a lot. You took the uh, the menu off my list. I'm a big fan of everywhere, every, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, so uh, let's go with um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, I was thinking about that with the scale of having, you know, everyday objects as you're smaller, mm-hmm. like in the rat, uh, as you're a rat. Things being more dangerous because they're you're smaller. Uh, Not okay. It's a movie I've suggested a bunch. It's about a woman who is living a lie in Paris. So I was thinking that could be a decent connection. Uh, she or she claims to be in Paris, and then there's a terrorist attack I think in Paris, and uh, she gets caught in this lie where she's been posting on Instagram like she's in Paris. I believe is, yep. is the plot. Um, we've got a. I love my dad. This is a movie of Patton Oswalt that came out last year. Um, I believe. I haven't seen it, and I don't know exactly the premise, but I think the premise is that he catfishes his own son because his son ignores him. Mm. Patton Oswalt plays like a dad who catfishes his own son, I believe. Um, but I like Patton Oswalt, so I thought I'd put that on there. Uh, all this talk about Wally made me wonder if we should do a Wally uh, reappraisal, reappraisal. So threw Wally on there, and uh, because it might be able to lead us into a. Uh, when Dead Reckoning Part 1 comes out on streaming, I don't know if it's coming out in the next couple of weeks, but if it does, we could do Ghost Protocol next week. Brad Bird directed that. Um, and I'm going to do one more on there. Um, okay. And another Brad Bird that I've never seen, very long-standing member of my Letterbox watch list. I don't think it's supposed to be very good, but who knows, maybe a reappraisal uh, later on. It would Because we are in the future, maybe it would be better. That is Tomorrowland. Yeah, George Clooney, notorious box office bomb. Yep. Uh, interesting. Okay. Uh, there's a lot on my list. A lot that hasn't been mentioned. Um. So one of our listeners earlier mentioned a Cyrano type character. What about an actual adaptation of Cyrano, starring Peter Dinklage, the musical from last year, Cyrano? Um. How many more times can I say Cyrano? Uh. Let's let's go with a uh kitchen movie from last year. 2023 streaming on Netflix called Hunger. Let's go with... Uh, Not the yeah. Hunger that you and I watched last year. No, different Definitely a different... Put Hunger 2023 in the document <laughs> so we know which one we're talking about here. Um, Let's go with uh, a film featuring significant scenes of rats in kitchens. Muppets Take Manhattan. This has come up a couple of times this year on the podcast. Uh, let's also go with uh, rats who are forced to move locations because of human interaction. The Secret of Nim, which is a wonderful animated movie. Tim, I assume you're a Nim. Please tell uh, me you're a Nim guy. The Secret of Tim. Uh, I definitely like Nim. Yeah, yeah I, I, I remember. Nim. I remember it like scaring 
me dearly as a child. Nice. Uh, there is a 1999 movie called Rat Catcher that apparently has like a 4.2 on Letterboxd. Seems to be mm. really good. Um, throwing that on there because of the rats of it all and the rat catcher of it all. And then, uh, let's see, I had Wally as well. Uh, what else do I want to do? Um, anything else? Uh, I also had Fantastic Mr. Fox. Not going to do that. Uh, let's do another food movie, this one from 2017. Uh, also, I believe, streaming on Netflix, 42 grams. And how many is that for me? 42 grams? Yeah. Not 27 grams? Nope, 42 grams. All right. It must be the sequel. Two. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for me. That's six. Or maybe it's 28 grams. What was the movie called? Uh, 42, 42 grams. No. The, or are you other, thinking of the Johnny Depp movie? Uh, yeah, grams? no. 28 yeah. grams. Not, or 21 grams. There it is. Yeah, 21, 21 right? Yeah, Google the, um, corrected me. A few mentions. Uh, American Tale, I thought about. Yeah, uh, Casablanca, I thought about because of the Paris of it all. Uh, Tampopo, I thought about bringing up again. I also thought about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, any of them. For the, you know, significant rat that can speak. Mm, yeah. um, you know. Uh, there's significant food in that as well. With tomato-based food. To, yep. Uh, also thought about B-Movie and Beauty and the Beast for animated stuff. <laughs> uh, that's about it. Uh, mm, oh, yeah. also I wrote down Stuart Little just because of what talking. Nice. Yeah, I had uh, Incredibles, Chippendale because of Will Arnett. Uh, Lego Batman because of Will Arnett. This is we called Ramen Shop on my watch list. Mm. It's about a ramen shop. I think it's like Tampopo, maybe. Uh, Roadrunner, because I knew yeah. you would like that, Brendan Bourdain. Yeah. Bourdain. Uh, and then during the podcast, I wrote on Rat Race, Invasion yeah. of the Body Snatchers, any yeah. version of it, and uh, <laughs> Tommy Boy for uh, Brian Dennehy playing the dad of a mm-hmm. main character. Uh, Tim, anything on your list that you had as an honorable mention? Uh, I think you knocked most of uh, what I didn't read as my honorable mentions. The Muppets Take Manhattan, I for sure had... And um, uh, oh, uh, the Suicide Squad squad because oh, of Rat yeah. Catcher. <laughs> um, oh, the, uh, the the second one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the second, the That's sequel, not not yeah. the first one. Um, the Iron Giant because of Brad Bird. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Cool. All right. Uh, All right. Why don't you read and then do you want to pick one each or two each? Uh. Just one, okay. unless you're feeling, unless you're feeling frisky. Nah, um, all right. uh, I'll take it from the top. All right. Uh, the Fantastic Mr. Fox, Big Fan, Turning Red, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Darkest Night, Everything Everywhere, All at Once, Felicia's Journey, The Front, The Stuntman, Boiling Point, Willard, Being John Malkovich, the Menu, Soul, Shrek Forever After, Like Water for Chocolate, The Depotted, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I'm Not Okay, I Love My Dad, Wally, Ghost Protocol, Tomorrowland, Cyrano, Hunger, Muppets Take Manhattan, Secret of Nim, Rat Catcher, and 42 Grams. I get to go first. What do I want to do? Do we stick with Do we stick with Kitchen Month? We've been doing a lot of kitchen movies. I actually would love to revisit Fantastic Mr. Fox. It was on my list. It was one of the first ones that I thought of. And we have yet we haven't done a single Wes Anderson movie on this podcast yet, right? I don't think so. so they come out. 
I think it's they've come up before. Um, in fact, Royal Tannenbaum's came up has come up a ton in the last month or two. Um, I'm gonna go with Mr. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Right. Sounds fantastic. And then we can do then we can finally knock off some Fantastic Four movies from Yeah, there you go. Um or right. Antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> no, good point. Uh, no, we'll be skipping that. Uh, or Tomorrowland. Uh, let's go with... I think I'm going to do Boiling Point. I had it on my list to watch last week. Um, this was a not... I mean, this is a stressful kitchen, but it wasn't a stressful watch. Apparently, Boiling Point is a stressful watch. Interesting. Place in a kitchen. Okay. All right, Tim. So I basically have to decide between the two. No, you got to pick one more. Oh, okay. okay. Except anything that you suggest. Anything I, yes, right. Okay, great. Um, Then I'm going to go with Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, one of my favorites of of the Mission Impossible series. I think that's the one where he climbs the tower with the the gloves. Yeah, that's... uh, Timmy, I'm I'm total agreement. That's not my number one. My number one is Fallout, but Ghost Protocol sure. my number two. Yeah, Fallout, and I haven't seen Dead Reckoning yet. I hear that's very good as well. Uh, but but uh, yeah, Fallout Fallout is I think number one. So yeah, was, well, I'd uh, say these are three very different movies. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, a you know charming uh, I believe it's a Roald Dahl adaptation. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. then uh, Boiling Point. And then Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. So three very different movies. What what's what's interesting about Fantastic Mr. Fox as well? Sorry, interject. Mm. Um, Wes Anderson has a bunch of shorts that are coming out to yep. Netflix, and they're all Roll Doll uh, adaptations as well. Yep, I did know this. Yeah, and I just I just looked up just to see when Dead Reckoning was coming to streaming. Uh, it's not coming to Blu-ray until the end of October, so and mm. it's going to be like pay streaming, but it's not going to be streaming on okay. uh, any of the free sites for a little while. I was just thinking potential ladder mm-hmm. manipulation. Um, all right. Uh, Brennan, where do you think Fantastic Mr. Fox is streaming? Uh, Max, me. Max, good job. Uh, where do you think Boiling Point is streaming? Is that Netflix? It's on the library ones. Hoopla and Canopy. Also on the nice. Roku channel with ads huh. as well. I'm Although if it's as stressful as a movie is, I hear, I don't know if you would want to watch this with ad breaks. No, I, I'd probably the see the Canopy ad thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then yeah. Ghost Protocol is an easy one. Paramount. Uh, yeah, Paramount Plus. The Plus. Paramount Mountain. Yeah. All right. Paramount. So all three streamable. Um, what are you feeling? What are you well, feeling? I recently watched Fantastic Mr. Fox okay. last year. I uh, okay. uh, oh, way back in 21. I'm surprised it was oh, that long wow. ago. So, okay. um, you know, long enough that I could revisit that again. That's kind of like Ratatouille, where that's one that people is just like across the board. People love Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. Similar to how I like felt about Ratatouille, where I was like, yeah, it's, it's good, but like, okay. I don't know why it's like five star, five star, five star, four and a half, four, mm. five, four and a half, five. Like, it's just mm. like across the it's, board. That's five, one five, where so. I think it's mostly the vocal performances really mm. carry how much people love it. Like, I mean, it's George, I mean, it's a fantastic George Clooney performance, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, the cast is just stacked. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and to connect to Ratatouille, William Defoe, Willem Dafoe uh, mm-hmm. plays Rat uh, in that in Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. And it's a blind spot for you, Brendan? It is no, I've seen it. Oh, oh you've seen yeah. it? Okay. Oh, I've, seen, I, I've I, wanted to re. I've wanted to revisit. It's, you it. want to revisit it? I it's been a few okay. years. Yeah. But, um, I've seen um, it several times. Uh, yeah. Blowing Point is a blind spot for both of us. Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol is a movie we both enjoy. Um. I'm leaning 
boiling point just because neither of us have seen it. And I, I don't think very many listeners have seen it. Um, and at least you can watch it on Roku channel if you don't have access to one of the library streamers. True. And I mean, Kitchen Kitchen Month continues. Uh, this one is a popular restaurant in London. So we're staying in Europe. Interesting. Yeah. Um, if you see, I'm, you don't have this log either, Tim. So I'm assuming you haven't seen I, it. No, I haven't seen this. I do have the library uh, nice. canopy. So um, I'll be watching. I've never this. heard of this director or anybody in this movie. So this will be very interesting. Yeah. Um, Stephen. Is Stephen Graham? Um, yeah, that name sounds familiar. He's in Venom. Uh, nope. <laughs> no. Yeah, Detective Mulligan in Venom. No, he is. I mean, uh, I haven't in... seen. I mean, I haven't seen Venom, so I yeah. don't know. He's also oh, in yeah. both Irishman and Gangs in New York. Um, ah. Hey, he also has a connection to Rodal. He's the he plays the father in the the Matilda musical uh, mm-hmm. on Netflix. Yeah, the guy looks familiar. I'm sure I've seen him in yeah. stuff. Um, and just to come back to the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, he's in uh, On Stranger Tides and Dead Men Tell, Tell No Tales. Oh, he kind of, yeah, he kind of is the takeover. There's like these two pirates who are kind of like the Laurel and Hardy pirates in all the pirate movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the guy from the British office, the guy who's the Dwight. He's one of the pirates oh, that's in them. The and then, the yeah, name? and then they go, then they go away, and this guy kind of fills in uh, for the lat. Stephen the Merchant. Ones. That's that guy's name. It's right? not. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not Stephen Merchant. It's. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Stephen. I think just wrote on the British office. I see. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm looking it up. I know that Stephen Graham. Stephen Graham was in Damned United. If you think back to a couple years, that might be what it was that I'm thinking of him from. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess we can do bulletin point. Mm-hmm. Another another point for my brother. I think he's got a couple okay. points so far this year. Good man. So, um, all right. So we were watching Boiling Point. We're staying in the kitchen, staying in Europe, but we're going to London this time. Watching Boiling Point from 2021, and it's on Hoopla, Canopy, Roku app. It's also rentable. Um, and you probably can get it. You can probably check it out from your local library too if you have disc sure. access. So um, hopefully people would check this one out because it doesn't look like anybody except Av has seen this movie. Uh, yeah. Oh, and Veggie, Veggie Dog saw it. That's exciting. So Boiling Point going to come up next nice. week. Report it. All right. Um, and uh, Tim, what are you looking forward to watching uh, in the next week or whatever? <sighs> Uh, well, up up next, I'm uh, uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse is what I'm going to watch. I have a blind spot. Uh, I have a list of coming of age films since I've I watched Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Then I ended up watching You're So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah, which uh, was the Adam Sandler Netflix. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, basically, sort of a Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret, uh, modernized um, and Adam Sandler just casting his entire family to play all the main characters. Very um, bad things about that movie. Incredible. Uh, it's I've heard decent. That it's fun. It, yeah. It's decent. It's like no. it's fun. I gave it three. I liked mm-hmm. it. It was it was fun. Made me laugh a couple times. It's not not terrible. I don't think. Um, low key, the Adam Sandler Netflix run is not horrible. Mm-hmm. If you go in with the lowest of expectations, they're. Yeah. Pretty fun. I'm a big Hubie Halloween defender, so uh, uh, that's that's a great one. So I'm looking forward to Welcome to the Dollhouse. First time seeing. I feel like that that's a movie salons. that a long time ago I saw the first like half hour of it. It might have been in my history of film class that we watched it, but we didn't finish it for whatever reason. Nice. So 
we we started to watch it to check it out to see because it was on a list of like movies you should watch before you turn 13 and we got exactly two minutes in before my wife is like no we're not showing my your 12 year old daughter this i was like i agree they're saying things and doing things already that i don't want to have to explain or uh you know have her uh, a little bit older uh Mm -hmm. she could check it out but I was like, uh, yeah, this director is known for creepy stuff. So nice. Uh, Brendan, how about you? What are you looking forward to watching? Uh, yeah, a couple of things. Um, so The Changeling is a new show that's on Apple TV Plus starring Lakeith Stanfield. That is another show that people are talking about that seems to be really good. I'm excited to check that out. The first couple episodes are up already. Um, so hoping to check that out um, some point this week, and hopefully it lives up to the hype. It's sort of like a suspense horror type thing. Sounds mm-hmm. fun. Um, yeah, and then, good. yeah, uh, still podcasting every week over at Potion Recaps for Ahsoka. New episode actually already dropped, uh, so we've been on this podcast. Ho- luckily, uh, avoid, hopefully avoiding any spoilers when I log off, and I'm going to go watch it right now. So nice. there you go. Um, yeah, I got to watch something for Crime Week on Criterion. I got a couple options, maybe Menace to Society or Wanda or two I was looking at. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Blank Check podcast just kicked off their David Fincher series. I want to try to watch and listen in real time. So um, I might watch Alien 3. I, I watched it a couple years ago, but um, it, I remember very like nothing from Alien 3 at all. So it's I'm, gr- I'm, it's it's gross. That's the problem is yeah. like, it just looks gross to be honest. Like uh-huh. everything's, br- everything's like Brown in that movie. Yeah. Um, and the effects are pretty bad. Yeah. I, I can tell you here. I can, I, I'm going to read you my review from back in 2020 or whenever I watched this, uh, April 12th. So this is why I don't remember. It was April 9th of 2020. It was like the beginning of COVID. I said just below the like threshold. I thought the first half hour was pretty interesting and I liked the last 10 minutes, but it was a drag for the rest of it. Cool through line elements from the first scene to the climactic battle. And I know it's from 20, uh, from 1992, but the animation of the, of the aliens was so bad. Also why the hostility towards aliens by the creators. I don't know what that last line means. So <laughs> interested to, to revisit that. <laughs> I think you that. mean aliens. I think you meant aliens. Why the why the hostility towards aliens, the previous movie. Oh, yes. Because that is they, what I meant. Spoiler alert. Something happens at the end that they retcon at the beginning of the next one. Ah, uh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. right. Yep. That, yeah. That, and Something. Yeah. Hopefully you've seen both of those movies, but you should if you haven't. Yeah. Um, um, I watched yeah. this movie, and the next movie I watched after this was Brothers Bloom, which was for this podcast. So kind of fun all right well yeah i guess i guess alien alien 3 is the thing i'm most looking forward to watch <laughs> uh very fun so uh might be tonight who knows all right uh tim are you podcasting at all or uh doing gray balls uh, or anything these days? <laughs> no no gray balls am i just just that's what i have naturally um <laughs> the uh uh well, i podcasting frequently i'm a frequent guest on the real weird sisters the harry potter podcast mm-hmm. Uh, we're still doing our take fives where we watch five minutes of uh, Harry Potter movie uh, <laughs> uh, like once a month. Um, <laughs> we we are currently in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And I believe where we're at, we're about to record another take our, our fourth or fifth. Uh, no, I think we're about eight or nine take fives in. Um, 
Harry's about to put his name into the Goblet of Fire, or oh, no. Dumbledore's going to yell at him about that. So that famous... I can't wait for you to spend two hours on the breakdown of well, everybody making a joke about. Yeah, people are excited. We we uh, we're hitting off all the hits. So. Living living for that moment. Yeah. yeah. And I got to say, I don't really like that movie. Like, it's it's interesting because uh, the first time we did Prisoner of Azkaban, I defended the whole time because it's my favorite of the series. And this one, I was like, I don't know what I have to say. But, of course, every podcast is two hours because we can figure out minor, minute details to pick up on and argue about. So, And then you know what, I podcast- what I appreciate about that is that the, the homework – there's only five minutes of homework. You don't have to watch a whole movie before you listen to the podcast. You just got to listen to – you got to watch five minutes of a movie. If only that was the case. Um, right. Uh, I end up watching the five minutes maybe three to four times to look for things, which um, <clears throat> I was really proud that I noticed at, at Hogwarts – Professor Flitwick was eating a burrito at the Great Feast, which Whoa. I didn't know they served burritos at um, <laughs> at the Great Hall at Hogwarts. But uh, it was a pretty bad looking burrito. I, I have a still shot if you want to see the burrito of Flitwick's burrito. It's crazy. Um, uh, although they, they they try to argue it's it's not a burrito, but um, sure. I it's believe a it's a burrito. You know, it's that a magic wrap. The yeah. story about a burrito at Hogwarts really takes us full circle on this podcast. So yeah, I think that's a good it, place to end it. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, speaking of food, join us next week where we're watching Boiling Point. You can find it on those uh, Canopy Hoopla and Roku channel. And nice. we'll see everybody next week I'm for Boiling Point. the best of men. Morality is an evolving thing. I can blame the times. I can blame the weeks. I can blame the things that we saw as kids. I'm a waste of dawn, and I'll tell it straight. But all my failures on a plane. She picks at them, doesn't true, and spits them out for me to view. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. <laughs> All right, so we got some some reviews. We've got uh, yes, Sarah says, "Who the fuck kills rats with a gun?" <laughs> I know that, that was, is a great. We didn't even talk about that. That was wild. I was like, "What is this lady even doing?" <laughs> oh my God. That's very imprecise. <laughs> the yes. gas, the gas mask, and the, <laughs> and the gun, the gun so at the funny. end. Yeah, yeah. I like when she shoots it and the umbrella pops out. That like, is very funny. It's a good gag. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sierra says, "Gusto." Anyone can cook. Me, putting my third mac and cheese ready meal of the day in the microwaves. Shit, bro, you're fucking right, man. Uh, <laughs> that's very vulgar reviews yeah. of, of Ratatouille. Definitely <laughs> 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 Arcady. Well, oh, man. Oh, Tim. Oh, man. Sierra got you. You got to go back and like that review from yeah, Sierra. Yeah, that one's good. That one's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chloe says, here's to the rats who can dream. And uh, There you go. And Hunter says, uh, imagine how angry the rat that controls Gordon Ramsay must be all the time. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think that's it for reviews. I wonder, if, I wonder if chefs hate this movie or like this movie. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I have to find out from Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see anybody... Uh, Anybody no, who says well, no Gord- chefs on my, on my letterbox list. <laughs> yeah, Gordon doesn't have a letterbox. No. Not that I follow. Nice. Um, 
Oh, here, here's one. This is a fun one. This one's okay. from Shut Up Tim. Uh, uh. Yeah, from today. <laughs> and he says, it took a bird to write a rat. That's that's a funny review from Tim. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Tim. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I tried. Oh, I just got a like on that. <laughs> yeah, look at that. 